Hello and welcome to Famicast 70, your Famicast for the last part of 2015, December 2015. I'm your host, Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined again by Mr. James Charlton. Danny, I am your father. <laughs> Not really. Yes, I knew that. And also by Mr. Ty Sugar. My mom works for internet. I could have you all disconnected. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to push my luck there. And uh, also joined by Mr. Cyrus Delaney. I'm drinking a nice Irish cup of tea. I don't have any meme-tacular things to say. Okay. <laughs> Does that mean it's just full of whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an Irish coffee. There's a difference. <laughs> so an Irish tea doesn't have any alcohol? I wouldn't. Let, let's just keep going with the show. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it totally does have alcohol. All right. So, hey, and I just wanted to, you know, say thanks to James and Ty and then our special guest, Cheesemeister, and um, Mr. John Davis for coming on the show for the live uh, telethon. I thought you guys did a great job. I listened to it, most of it live, and then I listened to it after the fact, too. And, um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed that I couldn't be a part of it this year. But, you know, sometimes that's just the way the ball bounces, I guess. Well, we raised more money than last year without you, Danny. So yeah, if, yeah, that, so if that tells you anything. That tells me something, <laughs> definitely. So. I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. <laughs> Just taking it. While, Just while taking Daddy it. goes to dry his tears. Yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm used to all the abuse by now, so don't worry about it. But we'll take a quick musical break here and come back with some new business. Alrighty, and Cyrus is going to kick us off with new business today. Cool. So I played a bunch of stuff, so I'll go through it kind of quickly. Okay. But, uh, and speaking of quickly, I finally picked up Fast Racing Neo for my Wii U. Cool, cool. Ooh, cool. Which means that I have a working hard drive on my Wii U. I can play other games now. Nice. Yay. nice. Yay. Hey. Only took you a year, but whatever. Hmm. Yeah, but, but it's a bit shh, 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 faster than Neo. <laughs> so, uh, so this game is, uh, I'm a big fan of Wipeout, and I've never actually really played much F-Zero, but I'm End the call Wipeout now, fan. end the call now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I love, like, these hover racing, the super fast hover racing games, and, uh, so Fast Race Neo, I am super happy, is a good game. I was very nice. relieved to play it, and it was very, very good. And, uh... This is one of those games that, when I started playing it, it reminded me that the Wii U is a current generation console. That I'm, <laughs> right. I'm I heard so it looks good. Play, yeah, like, I'm so used to playing really, you know, Wii U games. You expect the graphical quality to be, you know, whatever. But uh, but Fast Racing Neo looks so nice. It's such a nice-looking game. So, hmm. I don't know what they did, what magic they made it to make it look as it does, but it really is a standout title for the Wii U. It's that uh, German engineering. There's, uh, those guys, they're freaking incredible. I mean, if you've played the, um, the shoot-em-up game, um, blanking on the name. Danny, help me out. Uh, it's also got Neo in the title. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I know which one you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Yes. Fast shooting Neo. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I, know, it's, that, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Neo Assault got a, or something? Yeah, yeah, Neo Assault. Maybe. Uh, it's um, probably wrong, but... 
that's fine. Yeah, they've also got like yeah, they pushed the like the 3DS and the Wii U version look look amazing. Also, I think yeah. this that was actually a Wii U like launch game. It's like, pretty close. Launch, yeah. It's pretty close. And it no. still looks pretty cool. Yeah, actually, I was surprised because I was thinking that Wii U owners in Japan would have to wait a while to get this game, but actually, it's coming out on the twenty second. So of this month. This month. Nice. And our good friends, sponsor of the show, Arc System Work, are actually publishing the game. <laughs> so, Wait, they're sponsoring our show? They're sponsoring the show. Yes. Wow. I, I was going to make a joke about them sponsoring everything, and they're now, I find out they're sponsoring the show. They are official sponsor. I'm taking the money and running, though, so. <laughs> Maybe I can finally get me one of those, those Faust paper bag carry bags. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. They're called paper bags, Ty. I, I can point you towards a few places that stock them. <laughs> but, what? Uh, Cyrus, back to the game. I was seriously thinking of picking this up and then just basically talking about it as if I was playing a new F-Zero game and then revealing the title to be, you know, Fast Racing Neo at the end of it. Because it's got to a point now where it's like, you know, it's it's not like Stockholm Syndrome. I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> but like, you know... It's almost to a point where there's been so there's not even a mention of Zero for so long. It's kind of like we've almost got used to it by now, and it's kind of scary. Well, funny you should mention no mention of F Zero because F Zero Climax for the Game Boy Advance is coming out. It came out on the Wii U Virtual Console just so. Like I was saying, there's absolutely (laughs) no mention of F Zero again on anything really, and. it's quite, it's it's quite frightening. So um, it's good to hear that this is good. Yeah, it's uh, I've only gone through like one of the cups. So there's twelve tracks split into four cups, and uh, or four, yeah, it's four cups with three tracks each. No wait, the sixteen tracks. There's four tracks and four cups, and then there's four three speed levels for for each of them. So I've gone through like the slowest speed for all of the cups so far, mm-hmm. and uh. The, the difficulty spike, it does jack up considerably to the second speed level, which is nice. 50cc, uh, 100cc. Yeah, it's the same deal. It's You play all the tracks in 1cc and you go up to the next one. And uh, But the first one I went through, it, I was kind of disappointed because I cleared, I got gold in every cup on my first try with uh, for nice. all of the courses. And then the second one, I still haven't finished the first course or the first cup yet in gold. So I'm... Oh, right, so it's a huge exponential it's, jump. It's a pretty sizable jump. The tracks are all designed to be pretty easy on normal, but then this extra speed makes them pretty hectic, and the AI seems to get a lot better, too. Maybe they, you you call that like the tutorial stage, I guess. I Most... almost say you would, to just to get you to learn what the tracks are, because you need to have memorized the tracks, the speed so, you start going. Are you saying you have, like... Little to no, like no experience of F Zero, or just very little. Like, because I, I really want to know: is this more like F Zero or more like Wipeout? Because I'm not a huge fan of Wipeout, but I love F Zero. I played some GX on the GameCube for a bit, and mm-hmm. so I have played some F Zero. And I would say this game is somewhere between both of them. It's not quite F Zero. Right. It's not quite Wipeout. And I think that's actually a problem with it. It's neither game, but it feels like it's trying to be one of them. Okay. So it's it, it's not it as looks, fast. It looks it's... visually visually looks like more like Wipeout with the kind of longer ships, but like the handling at times does look like F Zero GX to me. And that's the thing is like it's like F Zero GX. It's very straight lines and lots of 
lots of very fast, insanely fast straight line courses kind of thing. And uh, Wipeout is a much more jinky. The tracks are a lot... Sh- it's not as fast as F-Zero, and it's kind of tighter turns, lots of stuff like that. And uh, it, this is definitely somewhere between the two of them, where it, it has the big, long stretches that F-Zero has. It has the the really tight, winding turns occasionally that F uh, that Wipeout has, but it doesn't do either of them as well as F-Zero seems to, or Wipeout seems to. Okay. How's, how's the music? Music is super good. It's kind of... it's. I wouldn't say super good. I retract that. It's good. It's not memorable, but it's very good music. German techno? It is German techno. There you go. <laughs> so what more could good. you expect? This is kind of the... I really like the game, but it just does everything well. It doesn't right. do everything amazing. It just does it really well. So if anything, it's just going to fuel the fire of <laughs> the people who are crying for an F-Zero game. It's like, you know, this, this only Nintendo can do it right, you know, or Sega. <laughs> the, the, the more I play it, the more I want to be playing Wipeout. That's the problem. And, yeah. uh, so I'd say it's similar for people who played F-Zero. The more they play it, the more they probably want to play F-Zero. I don't know. What, I mean, I even I even tried um, uh, Wipeout 64 on the N64 and just like, what is this Wipeout, you know, deal why do people like it so much i just couldn't understand it i mean i just like all the time i was playing wipeout 64 i was thinking well i wish i was playing f-zero x (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's just like for me it's always been a poor man's uh f-zero it's like i think yeah this this is just one of those like i like tekken i like street fighter there is never going to be a middle ground it's one or the other for whatever reason because I'm, like, just straight up a Nintendo guy, it's also, like, it's kind of just reminds me of what the PlayStation era was all about. It's just, like, graphics over everything else. You know, you've got to have flashy graphics and, like, 10-minute-long CG intros with which have nothing to do with the game. And then you play the game, and it's like, yeah, it's all right. But, you know, I'd rather just play a game more focused on good gameplay, like F-Zero X. <laughs> That's just me. So yeah. I, th- I think I would like a, uh, Fast Racing Neo. It looks like my kind of I, bag. I definitely recommend it. it. It fills a very big hole in the, the yeah. Wii U's lineup, and it's very, very good. If it didn't have 25 other games to play, I think <laughs> I would already <laughs> yeah. be playing it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Nice. So, other stuff I play that I'll go through again quickly is Kid Icarus for the, the 3DS. Oh, cool. And I am dubbing this just... It's just carpal tunnel syndrome, the game, because <laughs> I, right. I have never played a game that caused this much pain to me while I'm holding it. I cannot figure out how to play this game without causing serious damage to my wrists. And so, sorry, is this this the, like a Japanese version that you played? Did you get it for cheap? Did it come with the stand or? No, I got it on my EU 3DS. Okay. Um, because it was on sale in the the really atrocious thanks or Black Friday Cyber Monday sale they had. Uh huh. And uh, so I said I've always wanted to play it. It's one of the games has been on my list for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so how much was it? It was like twenty, which is what it should be normally. But <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so it was it was fifteen off I think. Okay. And I'd say this would be a great game if I had a controller in my hands, but just. The way I, I I don't even understand the control mechanism that you're like you're you're moving with the analog stick, you're swiping with your thumbstick, you're pushing buttons. 
the way you have to hold the the thing, it really hurts the back of my hand where the tendons are on my fingers. Right. So <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. why they release the thing with that stand, and yeah. I mean it might behoove you to because <laughs> you can buy I think the stand on its own. Maybe like twenty yen now, probably. Maybe I mean it yeah. might be you know wise to try to go out and seek that out if it's you know cheap enough because then maybe you could get more enjoyment enjoyment out of the game. You know from what most people have said, and actually I have a free digital version of the game that I got from like Club Nintendo or something, but huh. I still haven't played it because of I, I don't have that stand, and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't want to you know <laughs> destroy my hands, get to the point where I can't use them anymore. And I know it's a, I, I know it's a bit of an exaggeration, but you know what nope, I mean. Totally not an exaggeration. I'm I am not convinced that is an over exaggeration. My hand could fly off at any moment after playing that. <laughs> it's funny because so, uh, the so mic the the microphone that I have has it comes with a little stand which is almost exactly like the uh, 3ds stand. Mm-hmm. But Danny, this this game should bring back memories because this is um. This game was at the Nintendo show back yep. in 2011. Yep, yep, yep. February 2011, where me and Danny didn't meet, but were there at the same time. Exactly. And that was when it was first showed uh, to the public. And and I think there's some written impressions on the site of me just trying to explain how to play this goddamn game. Yeah. And I just I just couldn't figure it out. And I was like, it's kind of like spinning a globe, <laughs> but like not really. It's but that's how you control the camera, and it's like, uh yeah, I just. In the, like the five minutes, obviously that I had with the game, I just yeah couldn't get wrap my head around it. Right. So sorry with your time. I mean, other than the stuff with your hands falling off, uh, I mean, <laughs> the flying sections are supposed to be good, right? Like the beginning parts of the level. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not... are you are you enjoying the game? Are you, is it like I mean the the in, the levels the beginning of the level, you know, where you're flying in, is that kind of cool? They're supposed to be the best parts of the game. That yeah, so yeah, that's that's the only time where the controls seem even vaguely manageable are those parts. Because I've only played it. I think I've got like forty-five minutes on record because I've played the first tutorial level is like half flying segment, half on the ground, and I've I've played the game twice, and each time I've I've played that level, and it hurt my hands so much afterwards I had to stop playing. <laughs> So, yeah, the sky parts seem a lot better than the ground parts. Maybe the ground parts get good when you learn how to hold the goddamn console, but it's it just seems like a mess for the moment. And, Cyrus, how about your... I think you have a third game here on your list. What else have you been playing, dude? Yeah, third game, shockingly, I've been playing Disney Infinity. Nice. <laughs> so, I've, with Disney Infinity, you there's a bunch of stories in the game. You buy the stories separately, and they're all for, like, a different like game you know movie company whatever right so i played i've been i played the inside out one disney's inside out mm-hmm. known or pixar known as inside head in japan yes brilliantly <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and uh this game i was actually looking forward to playing this one because most disney infinity uh levels are all third person kind of platforming games but for this one they switch it and it's a 2d locked one Mm-hmm. So it's more like a full 2D platformer. Hmm. And it's really, really boring. It's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it looks cool. It's got really crazy imaginative level designs, but the game is just, there's nothing to it. It's total platformers for babies. There's oh, boy. No fun to it. So, Cyrus, so... i got to ask, what plastic bullshit did you buy to get this game, to play this game? 
to get this game to play the inside out has five characters has the five inside oh, out emotions <laughs> here it fear, comes joy anger sadness and envy there it comes <laughs> and all five of them they handle almost the same but each one gets a special ability in the levels so envy can jump higher cla- or sadness can float on clouds anger can walk on lava joy can hover and fear can run really fast hmm. so you need each of them to do different parts in the levels okay jesus christ yeah. And how many so, did you buy? All of them, of course. <laughs> oh, God. So I, I, I have every Disney Infinity figure except for Boba Fett at the moment. Okay. So switch to switch out the characters while you're playing, do you just scan them in as you're playing then? Yeah, you just pick up one off the base, put another one down. Okay. The game has like a little play base you plug into a USB port. Right. And uh, <laughs> Can you plug that in with your, with your new hard drive? <laughs> the hard drive is that was actually one of my worries, but no, there are two hard drive or two USB slots at the back. My hard drive is permanently stuck into. Oh, because there's two in the front as well, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Forget about that. So, uh, with this, one thing I was actually quite shocked to see is in the game you can. Uh, they don't do this for any other playset, but there's like a costume change area in the Inside Out playset that lets you kind of rent the other characters for a couple of minutes at a time. Hmm. So it means if there's any part of the level that you can't do without walking on lava, you can uh, rent out Anger and play as him for a couple of minutes to get past that section. Then it'll swap you back to the main guy. I've done that in real life. Rented out <laughs> Anger for a few minutes while I do something. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, so that one, I haven't even finished that yet. It's really super boring and I'm super disappointed with it. But I also picked up Star Wars Force Awakens playset this week. Ooh. Because a movie came out, I think, or something. <laughs> really? I haven't really uh, had much about it. <laughs> so this is, this, is, this is actually one of the better playsets. All the Star Wars playsets are really fun. But what, what makes this one stand out is pretty cute, is that all of the content for this playset was on the disc, but apparently was under some absolutely monstrous form of encryption because no one was it, no one seemed to crack open the Wii U or the, the Disney Infinity game and extract all the story information and character details and blah 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 that was in Disney Infinity nice uh, for so, Star Wars unlike Smash which is like <laughs> which everything which was revealed an open book <laughs> yeah but yeah but they still apparently Lucasfilm and Disney were still terrified of spoilers so the, the playset runs through the entire plot of the movie, but there are some massive spoilers that are just totally ignored. So, like, Kylo Ren, the bad guy, you find out nothing about him in the playset. He's just kind of an angry dude that swings the sword around. Hmm. And uh, there's uh, some pretty big moments towards the end of the movie that do not feature at all and are just quietly ignored, despite them being kind of important. <laughs> so, uh... So it's it's kind of funny watching them try to dance around all the stuff because they were so afraid of people spoiling it. Actually, that's a good point to mention now, isn't it, Danny? Like, um, me, me and Danny are planning on doing a spoiler cast segment um, of uh, Force Awakens, but during the main show, there will be no spoilers right. of Force Awakens, unless Ty's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so close. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. but yeah, that was me. I played a bunch of Disney than usual. I got carpal tunnel syndrome, and I raced a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Good times. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
All right. Well, uh, we'll take another musical break here and be back with the next person's new business. Go ahead and continue uh, on with new business here. I've been playing just a few things, and um, you know, like I said, and on the last episode I was on last month, you know, I was in the process of moving and all that stuff, and now I'm all moved in, and you know, stuff's kind of settled down quite a bit, so I've had a little bit more time for gaming. Um, I've spent most of my gaming time though still playing Star Wars Battlefront, um, playing a lot of the stuff online. I still really like the Walker Assault, so I've been playing a lot of that. And um, this past weekend, there was like you can get two times the amount of experience when you play. So I've been kind of taking advantage of that as much as I can and, you know, kind of just leveling up my characters and getting more weapons. And I don't know, just having general fun with the game. I, I got to a point where I have, like, a pretty decent weapon now so I can kind of kick some ass even though I'm not that great <laughs> at the game, to be perfectly honest. Are you usually playing as the, like, the hero side? Like well, the, no, you, it, the way it does rebels. in the Walker Assault and most of the stuff, usually just kind of randomly switching through being either the Rebels or the Empire. So you have no right. choice. But with your characters, I mean, you for customization and stuff, you can choose kind of how your character looks, basically just his face <laughs> or her face. And um, there's different unlocks and stuff like that throughout that as well. Like you can get other alien race faces and stuff like that once you get to some ungodly level. And... Um, so that's kind of neat, but I just so, picked this old, so bus, angry old man. So both sections use the same weapons? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, and you know, it's cool. It seems, you know, the the Empire has a lot more, uh, there's a lot more options for vehicles and stuff like that. It seems like, especially Walker Assault, you could be like, you know, the AT-AT, ATSTs. Uh, you can get on speeder bikes in some levels. That's kind of like both teams. And, you know, and then there's like TIE Fighters and TIE Interceptors and stuff like that. And, uh, whereas the Rebels, usually it's just, you know, X-Wing or A-Wing, and that's it. Um, so that's kind of disappointing, but, you know, there is, at least in the original trilogies, there's no equivalent of, like, a walker or anything like that on that side. So, you know, it kind of makes sense. Are there any prequel um, bullshit in that whatsoever? Nope. Not at all. Nice. Disney is not recognizing the presence of the prequels at the moment. <laughs> oh, it's such a good time to be alive! Yeah, <laughs> it might, that, might be, be alive. that might be some oh, of the DLC, God. so... So good. <laughs> Um, I, ju- I just kissed my poster of J.J. Abrams then, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, no, wait. I did, did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, they have the Battle of Jakku. Uh, it's like some DLC, free DLC that's available. but Free? Yeah. Whoa. Because I have the Japanese version, like, on disc, and I'm playing it on the North American, uh, you know, <laughs> North American right. version, basically English version. I have to, I'm going to have to eventually just go back to the Japanese store and download it from there and assume it works. Uh, I really, yeah, it should, but I just haven't done it because I've heard I it's not really I wouldn't be great. surprised if they met you pay for it in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said it, no, they said it was free. I got a little slip in the game thing, but I just haven't bothered with it. You have to use your parents' credit card. Exactly, exactly. But uh, really, the, the main game I wanted to talk about is something that you guys out there have been kind of curious about. Uh for a little while, and uh, I'm just going to kind of spill the beans on it, and that is Lost Reavers, a.k.a. Project Treasure, uh, Namco Bandai, Bandai Namco's, wh- whichever order you prefer, uh, 
free-to-play, first-person, third-person shooter beat-em-up type of thing. <laughs> you have used your entire quota of words for this podcast from now on. <laughs> I say nothing after this. <laughs> Sounds like a game I might like. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> oh. De- Devil's Third Online? Is it better or worse? <laughs> so, you know, uh, I guess just to start things off, uh, the game, this is this is running on Unreal Engine 3, and um, so it's not, you know, top-of-the-line type of stuff, but, you know, I think... <laughs> well, definitely not, by definition. Yeah, but visually, it still looks okay. Like, environments look pretty good um, in some of the few that I've played, because when I was playing again tonight, I somehow... I was just picking, like, random stages just so I could get connected. Because I think, I think, when I was looking at, like, online rankings... Maybe there's only like somewhere around like ten thousand people that are playing this stupid game. So <laughs> well, it's only one region, right? Yeah, exactly. And that, whoa, I mean, you, um, whoa, 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 slow down there. Uh, <laughs> so this is a game. This is free to play. Yes. Th- this is the final game. This is it. Yeah. Okay. This is it. It's out. It's it's it's, out. it's being continually updated or yeah, and actually it has to, right. So this game came out on December second. And I was kind of looking through, like, the, the quote-unquote news feed that they have that tells you about, like, hey, we're doing maintenance and stuff like that. They do actual balance updates and stuff, or at least they have once in, the in like, the past couple of weeks to kind of fix stuff like that. But um, And just for a little bit more background on the game, there are four different characters that you can choose from. And, um, yeah, like I said, four different characters. One character is named Sayuri. She's, like, this Japanese girl who has like a katana and like an uzi <laughs> and How original yeah and then we have a guy named Dwayne. you could probably guess what <laughs> color he is <laughs> is he the the white guy no he's a big black guy he's okay <laughs> he has like a rocket launcher attached to his back and an assault rifle and stuff like that there's another oh, the, as in the rock johnson yes exactly okay um then there's another female named victoria and then you have someone just called Shadow Stalker, who is like <laughs> a, a freaking crazy looking person wearing like a, a suit vest and like a business shirt and has like a skull mask and a, and a scarf. I love, I love how like mundane all the names are. It's like, you know, Bill, Bob, <laughs> Frank, you know, Death. What's his name? Death Shadow mask. Stalker. Shadow <laughs> Stalker. It's like. <laughs> It's like Shadow's like, what's what's your actual real name? It's like I'd rather not say. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's probably something really lame. It's that's pretty much yeah. But um, in terms of gameplay, like when I first started playing, I chose Dwayne, the big bulky guy with the uh, guns and stuff. And his thing is that he has like a lot of different guns that you could cycle through, which is neat, I guess. So is this like are you are you only playing on the gamepad? Is it like gamepad only, or can you use the pro? Uh, I've only used my, just the Wii U, uh, just the gamepad, but I think you can use a variety of different controllers. I've so this tried. is a Wii U exclusive, so, like, does it do anything? Uh, off TV play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no maps, no inventory, nothing. Not that I screwed around with. I didn't play it for a super long time, but long enough to kind of get the feel of, you know, the story. And again, with the story, it's like, these guys are, for whatever reason, like, the last hope for humanity to find these relics to do something. I mean, it was just so stupid. I didn't really pay much attention. It was just, I don't know, it's just like not very interesting to be perfectly so, honest. So it does have a story. So like when you start, the first thing you do is like, well, like you just choose a character and then it starts the story. And then, well, and here's then one thing do, too. 
Do you customize yourself? Do you do anything like that? Like so, first, <laughs> when you first start the game, you know you could go through a tutorial with your character, and like there are four of them, and they're quite different to an extent. I mean, basically, some have like melee, some have like you know um, projectile attacks and stuff like that. So they're kind of wanting you to get the uh, the feel of that. But they make you go through the tutorials of all four of the characters, even after like let's say I went through three tutorials, you have to go through the fourth one for the other character because they feel. They're so different that you have to do this, and I, I mean, while it is it is slightly different, I don't think it was necessary to cram uh, four tutorials down your throat. I mean, granted, it only takes like five minutes, but still. So when you're playing through the game, the story mode, the other three people are controlled by other online players, like random people. Uh, I don't think there really is a story mode. You're either playing online or offline, and you're just doing like mission-based things. And, so um, when you're playing online, there's just three randoms yeah, playing with you, or can, three can random you have pe- friends. Exactly, three random people. You could create your own rooms. You can join. Up, you can search and join other rooms and stuff. Okay. And I've played with you know as little as three people. I think you can play with just maybe one other person if if need be. And but, um, do, do you look always look the same? Does whatever you, his name Shadow Face? Does he always look the same? I mean, obviously his face is the, <laughs> the same, but you know, but uh, you can change outfits and stuff if you pick stuff up throughout the levels and whatnot, and. Um, so there's a bit of customization there, but I, you know, I haven't found too many outfits really. So it, it's not really, I'm not really feeling it in that sense. And what are you doing? What are the missions? What are you, are you killing ba- zombies? Yeah, you? basically you're going through and killing like zombies that are look really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Just look like really blocky and stuff compared to like the main characters, which look okay and stuff like that. And then you see these monsters. It just looks like this is something from House of the Dead Overkill. Inside of like Gears of War or something. Okay, it's is it be- better or worse than the ones in like Ocarina. Oh, it's better than that. A lot better. Okay, than that. slightly better than that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's really weird how they do it. Like you're you're going through this these levels and you're fighting these easy monsters, and then you hit a certain point where it's kind of like a, a goal checkpoint type of thing. But then it loads up like the next area, but it's not even really that expansive or anything. I don't understand how they couldn't have just made it so there is none of this loading hmm. for this. I mean, it, like I said, they're not very big areas, especially in the tutorial. It's showing this stuff like these. You're in like this, these corridors and these tiny rooms, and then you go to like this other thing to load up another screen. It's really kind of bizarre. So let me tell you about the internet. It's a, <laughs> it's a series of series of tubes. Yes. That data passes between. Sometimes they get blocked. That's why it takes a long time. Yes. But, you know, in terms of gameplay, um, like I said, my first experience with the game was not so good because Dwayne is very, very, very slow. And and also the, the default setting they have for the camera on the right stick is, like, they have it set down to, like, four. And I think you could go up probably to, like, 20. So I was, like, trying to aim. Because with him, you can go into first-person mode and aim. And other characters, you can go into third-person like a closer behind a shoulder third person to like aim and stuff, but so, sorry, the four twenty thing. That's the sensitivity setting. Yes, yes, yes. Like okay. for yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, and um, but it was just when I was first playing, I was thinking, oh my god, this is ridiculously slow. I mean, it was like to the point where it's just like you're, yeah. I, I don't even, I can't even think of like a good parallel here. But it was just so bad. And then I, I changed that up, and it was a little bit better. And I just decided that I'm not going to use that character because he's very slow at running around. And the other characters are a lot faster and they have, like, better melee attacks and stuff like that. So, 
Can, can you do like dodges and things? You can. Like there's like jumps. There's a dodge things? button that you can do like a somersault backwards or something like mm -hmm. that to avoid enemies. And but it's not as fast as say like a bayonetta or something like that. No, no, I don't think so. Okay. But um, and what's kind of weird too with the missions that you go through with the other uh, online players and stuff, like especially with the ones I'm playing right now, which I think are pretty easy because I'm not like a really high level, but the enemies are just like throwaway, just like really stupid easy enemies and you finish like this mission in like less than five minutes and then it's over <laughs> and so yeah. got to ask um this is a free-to-play game when does the cash come into it you know i was kind of wondering that myself because i don't think i have <laughs> access to it yet um okay. in the there's like a terminal thing all by itself <laughs> yeah there, well there's like this terminal thing and there's a shop section but right now it's grayed out for me so I, You're not allowed to spend money yet. I guess. So I don't know. Maybe I'll play some more and try to figure out what what's going on with that. I was kind of looking through the you know the digital manual to see if I could find more about it, but they didn't really say much. So, well, maybe they want you to get to a certain level or a certain amount of experience before they you know start charging you for bullshit. I guess, but why wouldn't they just do that from the beginning? Because people might just turn it off immediately and never play it again. <laughs> I guess so. That's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> if like if I got asked to pay money within the first couple of minutes of a, a game, it's like nope. Right. I mean, it's yeah. The way the way they have it set up, it's like an option. It's not something that's like in your face, but it's still in the menu, and you can at, well allegedly at some point access it. Yeah, it kind of kind of makes sense because like if you reach a certain level and you have certain stats or costumes that you've become slightly attached to, and you want to progress further, and they ask you for money, you're more inclined to say yes at that point, aren't you? Sure. Like okay, yeah, I'm I'm having fun. I like I like this game. I'm gonna keep going. Right. So I don't know if you'll get to that point, but I don't know. <laughs> and like I played it last week, and then I played it some more today before the show. And I don't know. All in all, I think I've only played for like maybe two hours, maybe two and a half or something. And it's it's an okay game. It just seems kind of unoriginal and like they're trying to be over the top, but it's to the point where these characters, some like the guy like Shadow Face or Shadow Stalker, he's like just like saying crazy things and just making crazy noises and you, okay they want this guy to be the crazy guy oh here's the chick with the bouncing boobs because they have to have that here's a big black guy that's going to just shoot everybody and then here's a japanese girl who's going to cut you up with her sword i don't know it's just is she, is she 13 years old she looks like it probably <laughs> is <laughs> sounds like every japanese game ever yeah so it, it's it's just disappointing i mean i wasn't really expecting much from this game and you know, I still don't know when this is going to come out in the West, but don't for you guys out there uh, wanting to don't play think this. It will. <laughs> yeah, don't don't like think this is going to blow your socks off because it's it's okay and it might be a fun distraction, but I don't think it's something that people will keep coming back to over and over again. No. Yeah. So I don't uh, think I don't think this is going to go westward. I think by the time you know this even gets thought about being you know. Uh, like localized, you know, the Wii U will be in a position where there would be no point to even do that. So right, this it's a very Japanesey type of game, and yeah. it, it seems like they're kind of trying to do like the Left for Dead thing, but it's just not like that at all. Right, right. I I might see this like only in Europe or something like that, but yeah, yeah, something crazy like that. Right. Who actually makes this game? This is Namco, or, yeah, Namco okay. Bandai. So, um. Yeah, we'll see. If it doesn't come to where you live, that's fine. 
trust me, there are a lot. <laughs> don't better, worry about it. There's a lot better games you can play. Yeah. So don't worry about it. All right. Well, that's pretty much going to do it for me. So we'll go ahead and hit another musical break here and be back with some more new business. Hi. Would you mind going deck next with new business here, man? Yeah, baby. Okay. Uh, so I've been playing a few games. I've been playing a lot of games. I play a lot of... I spend a lot of time playing video games. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's see. I've been playing Fallout 4. They made a fourth one? <laughs> They've made more than that. Crazy. And there's a hilarious article out there showing all the Fallout games that they canceled. There's more than they released. But, yeah, I'm a Fallout fan going way back. Going back to Fallout 1, and then before that, like, uh, in the 80s, there was a, like, a Commodore slash Amiga game called Wasteland, and Fallout was a spiritual successor to that, so. Hmm. I'm old. Hey, why are, you looking, why are you looking at me? I, I, I didn't have an Amiga. Did you? I didn't. Oh. My, my friend did. Oh, cool. <laughs> Well, in any case, me and Fallout go way back. And uh, I played Fallout 4. It's got fun stuff. It has uh, this feature where you uh, build a shanty town with the resources you scavenge. And uh, it reminds me a bit of... Uh, it reminds me of ActRaiser, kind of. If you guys remember that game, you would... Uh, yeah. You would play 2D action segments, and then you would build a town in between that. And that's like a really fun formula that has not been uh, utilized true. that much. Where yeah. you you know, you, you do your action stuff, then you take a break, build some stuff, and that helps you out in the other part of the game. I saw somebody built an AT-AT um, out of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh in, yeah, in that in, in that bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that... I saw a giant animated penis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can like set up stuff with like uh, electrical power and computers and trip switches and stuff, and you can make some complicated stuff. <laughs> or you can just make a garbage ass shanty town like I do and <laughs> go back to shooting people. But y- is it's... there any is there any point in that bit, or is it just just for funsies? Um. Yeah, like, you'll actually get experience, like, a little bit just from, like, placing stuff and building stuff. Um, And there are some rewards that will come out through it. Like, um, if you build certain things, like, you'll get, like, uh, supplies uh, as income. You'll get some money as income. So, it'll help you out. And also, there's an achievement to get, like, full happiness in a settlement and uh, achievements. (laughs) So it's is is that, is that anything to do with the the iOS app that they did the um the Fallout Shelter? Do they connect at all to the main game or is I, it just totally separate? I don't believe they connect. Okay. I thought that was a kind of a similar thing, you know, you're building stuff yeah. to get resources and stuff. But anyway, I think there was something like that in Mass Effect Three or something like the app connected to the main game. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I only yeah. played through the yeah. first Mass Effect. Okay. I do have two. Maybe I'll play it one day. Hmm. Uh, so yeah. Other than that, like it, it, 
it plays like Fallout 3 in New Vegas. Like it seems like the same engine with better textures and animation and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like you're doing a lot of the same stuff. I was actually kind of disappointed that like the terminal hacking was the same and the lock picking was the same. Like to access stuff, you do these it's almost like a mini game where you you know, you fuck around with a computer, you try to find the code word. Mm-hmm. And like over the course of the game, you're gonna do it like like a hundred hundreds of times maybe, and it gets kind of tedious. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was the same in Fallout Three, it was the same in New Vegas, and now it's the same in this. And I wish they'd have come up with a different little mini game. Is it the same in the the Batman games? I've only ever played one uh, Batman um, Arkham Origins, but like the turning the sticks to crack, crack the code, that guy kind of. I think got some of that's yeah. I was just thinking like, what game was that? Yeah, I think that is the Batman games. They, I think they all have similar things. And also Skyrim. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. And it's 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 a neat idea, I think. But like you said, if you're going to be doing this, even if you're doing it like dozens of times, let alone like hundred. I mean, that just gets to the point where it's not fun. It's just annoying. Yeah, tedious as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Side note, they have those same things in Disney Infinity, and they wreck my head because I'm so used to using uh, the <laughs> Xbox controller where the buttons are rotated from the Wii U. <laughs> and so it tells you, like, press X when, you, when the target indicator comes up when you're hacking a controller with the analog stick. <laughs> And then I keep pressing Y, and you have to do, like, five of these things in a row. So on the fifth one, my brain inevitably just gives up and does the wrong button. <laughs> so, uh... It's, it's funny when, when Ty said that Fallout 4 is very similar to 3 in New Vegas, you know, just slightly better animation, slightly better graphics. To me, that's the whole... The, the, this generation, the PS4 X-Bone generation, is kind of like that. <laughs> like, all the games look... Slightly better, slightly better animation, but nothing much else has changed. But right. yeah. I mean, at least in terms of story, though, is it is it pretty interesting? I mean, obviously, it's different than the previous one, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, of course, it's a different story, you know. Right. You're a different guy from a different vault, and mm-hmm. uh, is it this? Uh, it might sound like a stupid question, but is this the same world as Fallout Three? Yeah, it's a, the same world as all the Fallout games. They're okay. all they're all connected. <laughs> It's like a hundred years later or something than the other one? Um, this one is actually only a few years after Fallout 3, I think. Hmm. I, I don't remember the numbers, but I want to say it's like 10 or 20 years later. And you cross paths with a couple okay. of the same characters, actually. Oh, right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, just a couple. You have to keep your eyes open, but they're out there. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's good, and I'm probably going to find all those fucking achievements but i am <laughs> kind of disappointed by the sameness of it mm-hmm. and, uh, random fallout trivia for japan as well is that in fallout 3 there's one town i can't remember what it's called but it's built around an unexploded nuclear shell mm-hmm. yeah and uh you have the option there's a quest line where you can detonate the shell and nuke the town <laughs> they t- and uh and it it like it completely erases the town. All the NPC quests, those are severed from that point on because they're all dead. But uh, in the Japanese version, you do not have the option to detonate a nuclear warhead in a town full of people. Hmm. Surprise, yes. surprise, surprise, surprise! Yeah. Yeah. Um... Merry Christmas, everyone! <laughs> Thank Thanks for that, Cyrus. <laughs> Always here. Yeah. Though Fallout does have its fans in Japan, it has a pretty good store presence. I saw some cosplayers at oh, the yeah, last Comic Cat. Hmm. 
along with some books. It was cool. I heard that the translation is kind of just pretty much bare bones. It's just subtitles, I think. Maybe. It's, just... it's yeah, it, it would be expensive to, like, re-record everything. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not shocked at all I... that they didn't localize it vocally. Right, and I mean, if people in Japan want to play that kind of game, I think that they're probably willing to put up with that. They're they probably, probably a bunch of Westaboos. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I bet they can speak English or something like that. Right? God. <laughs> Superior <Assholes>. subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's that. Uh, I'll probably chime in later on my progress on that one. Although I'm already a million goddamn hours into it. <laughs> a game... Uh, I had another game I've been playing that I'm not as far in is Undertale. Maybe you've heard of this game. It's become an internet sensation. Yeah, game... apparently, according to GameFAQs, it's the best game ever made of all time. I it won that poll. That's really surprising. Like, I... how many copies have they sold? I heard it was like only like a quarter million. Yeah, uh... no idea. I haven't bought myself. I haven't gotten around to playing it, but I really want to. Yeah. yeah, I think this is, you can get this on, this is Steam, right? You can yeah, get this on, yeah. Uh, and you can also get a DRM free from Humble Bundle. Hmm. I think it's on Mac as well, and it's not It's not a very <laughs> processor. of it. No, it, it's, game, just, it's it a game made by, like, one guy with Game Maker. And he, even the music, right? He made the music yeah. as well. Yeah, I think he, he is usually a music guy. He just made this game. Yeah, the music is really good. It's catchy. You got these amazing remixes, like Up the Wazoo on YouTube. Check them out. So, have you finished it, Ty? Uh, no. I don't know how far I am into it. Um, you know, always. But uh, if you haven't, but is seen... it is it is it grabbing you? Is it? Yeah, is it... it's it's yeah. it's like the kind of RPG I would make that would replace command based combat with you know like a bullet hell game. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah. It's a really surreal world. People always compare it to like Earthbound and right, right, right. Yume Nikki, which I talked about a long time ago. Hmm. So it's yeah, kind of it's, it's very it's kind of cute, kind of surreal, and also uh, skeletons. Yeah, the characters are great. The characters are amazing. Like okay, so. Well, the first two characters, a couple of the characters you meet right away are these two skeleton dudes, and their names are Papyrus and Sans, and all their text windows are respectively in Comic Sans and Papyrus fonts. <laughs> the two best fonts. Right? That's why everyone uses them. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's very charming like that. I love that, like, from what I gather, literally everything about the game is a spoiler. Like, people are like, oh, I want to, I want to mention the name of this character, but it's a spoiler. Like, I wish, I want this character to be a guest in Indivisible, but that's a spoiler. And it's like, it's like, like how much of this game is, is, is a spoiler story-wise? Because no one wants to talk about it, but they all desperately want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I should hurry up and finish it. Uh... It's a clock ticking. That's why I bought it because I know it's going to be spoiled and ruined on me at some point. Right. So uh, yeah, like I'd probably be playing it right now if I wasn't recording a podcast. I got to get in on that. <laughs> I'm fucking sorry for inconveniencing you. No, you're not. 
Can we, can we wrap this up, guys? Ty wants to get back to his video right? games. Right? <laughs> Precious video games. <laughs> okay, one more game I want to talk about. You guessed it, Killer Instinct. Hmm. Shadow Jago came out. <laughs> oh, Shadow Jago. That's that amiibo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. This was the episode you all been waiting for, where these guys <laughs> rip into me for buying a figure so I can get exclusive content in a game. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That seems completely reasonable. Nintendo would never do that anyway. I'm not, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> you're damn right you're not. Right. <laughs> so, the, the well, before we get into the, uh, the figure stuff, you know, yeah. Shadow Jago was funded by a community event kind of thing, a background Evo in the summer, where uh, if you put in like 10 bucks or whatever, you could get Shadow Jago. Actually, I think it was 20 in a bunch of the, like the in-game currency, which nobody buys. It just lets you unlock stuff faster. Hmm. But uh, if you did that, or if you picked up the the special uh one year xbox live card way back when the xbox one released you you had shadow jago already and you could play him like the new version where he's like a real character and not just you know jago with a different skin right you you get like a three weeks uh head start to play around with him before all the other plebs could go buy him <laughs> uh, excuse me plebs <laughs> so i've been playing him he's wacky He's unsafe, high risk, high reward, kind of. Goddamn low slides. Yeah, he's, uh, well, the slide is safe, which is the weird thing. It's just all the other stuff he does. Did your mom? Did your mommy buy the figure for you? <laughs> Come on, man! You've missed like <laughs> you've already missed like ten chances to use your parents set set it up jokes. <laughs> like already, I've I I've been counting like, and you were just saving it for me. It's like no, I <laughs> exactly. I bought the figure myself with my own credit card that I got because I'm a fucking adult. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> Buying toys. One thing I was pretty interested about this Shadow Jago is the way they mentioned his announcement is like that uh, that he will be available for a limited time, and then they're still deciding if they will remove him from the store. So this full playable character may disappear later on. So only people who own him will be able to play him. So this is—it's not an NFC figure, right? It's just a, a, a regular old figure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the figure now. Let's, what, yeah, man, you are hung up on this. Let's go. Okay. With a, uh, has it got a QR code at the bottom or something? Like you, it, you put that up to the connect. It has. It has a card. I guess it's probably on like the certificate of authenticity or whatever, because they're only making five thousand. Hmm. Oh, like the one you get with Windows ninety-five. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you get a fucking serial code. That's like how all the Xbox Live stuff has worked forever. Like, it's like a yeah. twenty-digit code you put in. You're gonna get a code, and it'll, you know, it it activates as a piece of DLC, right? Exclusive yeah. color for Shadow Jago. If you buy the figure, you get the code, which lets you get color number ten, which glows in the dark, and it's cool as fuck. <laughs> You get entered into a lottery, which you might have the chance to actually download Shadow Jago. This is Microsoft, not Nintendo. Okay. No, if, if you don't <laughs> actually own Shadow Jago, you're fucked. It's like a prerequisite of using the color. Hmm. Right, right, right. Well, in fairness, that's kind of the same with Amiibo. If you buy a Mewtwo Amiibo, you don't get to play as Mewtwo. You, <laughs> buy Mewtwo. you get to watch him. 
Right, same deal. <laughs> but, you know, you can just buy Shadow Jago right now, plain as can be. I don't know if it's limited time. I, I assumed it was permanent, but Cyrus is telling was, me something the, else. The article was weirdly written where they mentioned that, yeah, they may take him off the market after a while. Mm, I haven't. So get him while get him while you have the chance, or you'll never get to play as him. I haven't so heard. Saying these fig- these figures are hard to come by and selling out, eh? Yeah, all I... sounds so familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, but uh, so wait, you you guys aren't gonna sass me anymore? Well, I was just gonna say, yeah, en- entering entering a sixteen digit code that sounds a lot easier than just you know touching the figure onto the gamepad. Well, you only have to do it once. In fact, you know, if I send it to my parents' place in the U.S., <laughs> yeah, because it's cheaper to ship there, you know, I can just have them open it up, give me the code, and send me the figure whenever. And so I don't. They, they can literally, literally helping you. They, <laughs> they set, are. Set it up. It's very nice of them. <laughs> and also, let, let's be fair about. I don't think Nintendo fans are allowed to rip on people for having to enter 16-digit codes about anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. True story. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, the, it's the only way if you know that you're truly best friends with people. <laughs> That's why they're called friend codes. Yes. Yeah, if you can't muster the effort, you know, you know exactly you really where like you them. are on the friend list. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're in the friend zone. <laughs> I'm looking forward to buying all the other figures in the future. (laughs) (laughs) All 50 of them. Yeah. Like, I looked at the store they have set up. So apparently sometime next year they're coming out with, uh, like, a sound reactive Shadow Jago or something. It connects connects to your (laughs) Xbox One with a Bluetooth or whatever. And when you do stuff in-game, like, he lights up and makes noise and shit. Like a whole. I love, I love how so- I love how the first show. figure. <clears throat> I love how the first figure that they're releasing is is a clone character. It's like it's like if Wolf was the first um, Smash Brothers character or something like that. The first Smash Brothers amiibo. Well, right. Wolf's not even in it anymore. But don't you want like all the other, you know, actual real characters like Orc, or- Orchid? <laughs> yeah, and Tinder. D- DJ Wombo. <laughs> I know, know you've cooked up a, a few of these over the last few years. I mean, GLaDOS would be the one I'd go for. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I don't know how many they're going to have in the first wave of figures. <laughs> we'll see. First wave. He's already talking in waves. I mean, it, I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to um, you joining Cyrus in the. Uh, the bi-weekly uh, figure chat. Yeah, figure <laughs> chat. Over and we can play toys sometimes. Fuck right? video games. <laughs> toys to Life podcast next. Alright, so uh, that wraps up what I've been playing. Okay. We'll take one more quick break and be back on the other side with new business from James. How about you close out new business for us, Matt? Okay, yes. I've also been playing a rather large selection of games. Um, the usual two, which you all know by now. Um, Splatoon, the uh, the two new 
maps. I think I talked about that last time. Um, but they've also been adding loads of new weapons as well. I think probably about four or five new weapons since the last proper episode that we had. Um, like the 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 tri slosher bucket, um, but it's called oh the sloshing machine. Did we talk about that, Cyrus? Can't remember if we did. Just on Twitter, I think. We I think maybe it was just on Twitter. Yeah, the sloshing machine. Um, which is like, uh, yeah, it's basically like a small washing machine with the door open <laughs> and it kind of shoots a projectile, like a large amount of paint out and then kind of splats at the end, so which can kill people pretty much instantly, which is a like pretty... Like a grenade launcher style or something? Yeah, um, kind of. Like a similar kind of thing where they explode at the end. Yeah, yeah, it kind of, yeah, explodes, explodes at the end, but it'll leave a whole, a big, a wide paint trail as it goes out as well. Um, and I think, oh yeah, I think uh, I, we talked about the, that it was coming up in the last uh, proper episode that we did. It was the um, the the heavy uh, minigun, the um, the octoling, or is it called the octoling heavy? Uh, oh yeah, the big fat barrel thing. Yeah, the the massive one, you know, the predator style one. And yeah, it is pretty amazing actually. I mean, it takes an age to to um, to charge up. But once you do, it, it's got the distance of, like, a sniper rifle. Um, <laughs> but, like, but like the power of, like, a shotgun is, <laughs> it is ridiculous. And it, it goes for, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 20, 20, over 20 seconds before it stops firing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and you can't stop it once you fully charge it. I mean, you just have to just let it all out. It's, it's <laughs> crazy. So you can actually... Um, like even from a distance you can like if there's even if there's ob obstacles in the way you can just like fully charge it and then just tilt upwards and just like lay r rain of ink down on um like someone's base from like miles away hmm. and only a sniper sniper will be able to get you back you know anyone with like a regular machine gun or um kind of weapon like that is not going to be able to touch you you just like raining fire on them it's amazing huh. i mean I've had some pretty amazing kind of kill streaks with that, like just kill all four of the other team in with one charge. <laughs> it's pretty satisfying, um, but you have to get in a good position. So um, if you get somewhere high up, um, uh, that that's already high up enough that they can't really touch you, and then you charge it up, you can just like just wipe the whole team out. Hmm. It's uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But yeah, obviously it's very heavy and takes an age to charge up. So you've got to watch your back. You know, you can't just like stand in the middle of the arena going, hey, hey, I'm just going to charge this up. And, you know, <laughs> you're going to get killed. Um, but yeah, it's good times. That, good times. That's something I honestly had a lot of trouble with because I really want to use the chain guns in Splatoon. Mm -hmm. But I can't get my head around using like the charge up mechanic. It's so foreign to me the way I usually play. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is very much a stop charge and then wait for the right moment um and then then release it but you know you can also paint a hell of a lot of ground with it so oh, if, yeah, even if even if no one's you. there even if no one's there you can just you know let loose and just paint like a massive area uh until people show up for you to kill so yeah it, it, just imagine you're like you're the guy high up in the kind of the treetops and you, with this massive gun just taking people out it's kind of like that um so yeah, Splatoon, and there's also we just recently—I <laughs> mean, I feel like I'm repeating myself—but like the last time was like, oh yeah, it was new weapons and new stages coming up, and yet again there are new weapons and new stages coming up. Hmm. Um, so we just heard about 
there's two which actually is quite interesting it uses um aspects of the single player um if you're danny you've played the single player right yeah, like yeah. um there's like fans that you can shoot and then it kind of raises and lowers platforms right oh cool so there's actually a map actually with seen these maps. yeah 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 they're, i mean they're not out yet as i think they're coming on mm. the well probably about the time this uh, podcast goes out um you'll be able to download them mm. um so yeah you can yeah you can you can hit these fans and you can raise and lower platforms um so and there's a, yeah there's another one with like conveyor belts um which is a totally new thing uh it's don't think that's even in the single player um so like if you paint like the conveyor belt and the conveyor belt's turning so like the paint is not always there so like if you if you if you cover it with ink then the because the conveyor belt's moving um your paint will quickly disappear and go under mm-hmm. and so you'll have to paint like the whole thing so it could be like constantly changing like you know if if the enemies hit it and then you hit it up some you know the the way you're standing mm, that's, that's neat mm-hmm. yeah it's so uh, that should add a lot of thing a lot of um yeah a lot of timing based on that how you when you when and where you stand on it um and yeah the thing is like conveyor belts going across like just like uh horizontally and also going like diagonally upwards to help you get around it um uh, i forgot what the theme of it is it's kind of like a like a base like a kind of like adventure playground type thing like wooden structure kind of thing um and i've forgotten what the other kind of theme is but they, they, yeah they had a had a theme to it anyway uh, much like the mahi mahi resort one which was like a hawaiian hotel which is really good by the way it's a, it's a fantastic stage um i played a few more rank battles on that uh, i played the rainmaker on the uh, the hawaiian stage um and uh the splat zones one um which is just like this the whole main area the, in the middle and then when the water drops and then all of a sudden you've got like more sides to like you can go around uh, in different ways um it adds a whole like new uh dimension to it like i think it happens in the last minute so um you can quickly change like the course like of like who's going to win in in the last that last minute is i mean it's already pretty crazy right mm-hmm. like all splatoon matches are crazy in the last minute right um but yeah with these kind of the stage that changes in the last minute that's you know it adds a whole another thing to it it's pretty cool um but yeah just uh yeah still in love with that game and i'll talk a little bit more about that later mm-hmm. um mario maker um so yeah they've been adding more event stages and uh, more characters to unlock via the event stages like um we had the feline from monster hunter we had a monster hunter level uh designed by well i assume capcom um makes sense and yeah yeah and you can play as the little uh, feline character if you complete it um <laughs> and then pretty disgusting there was a mercedes benz yeah level. oh god man th- this was the one friggin mercedes i mean for mario kart that yeah. kind of makes sense because it's a you know a car but i mean there is a mario horrendously out of place oh yeah it still makes more sense yeah i was quite uncomfortable with it in mario kart 8 um i mean <laughs> there is a car there's a mario kart costume in mario make anyway right, right. so it's kind of like a you know similar to that um, but but who, he's, he's in the car. <laughs> but who wants that? I mean, Nobody for, wants that. Yeah, and I and I kind of read the there was a I read a little bit of a background article on this um, by people who made the level, and they were kind of actually worried, like the people at Mercedes were worried about that reaction. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, like people wouldn't want to be playing an advertisement, so to speak. Right. So that they would, they were saying how they put like a lot of effort into the the level design to kind of, um, you know, make sure people actually enjoyed playing it, and they didn't, they were not too pissed off at the fact that they were just playing a Mercedes level. And I have to admit that level was pretty amazing. I mean, it was pretty good. They. Um, they put a lot of effort into it, and they actually said in the description there's actually like a hidden showroom <laughs> to find, hmm. and it is incredibly well hidden. Like you have, like if you just look at the the preview thumbnail right. of the stage, you know, if you just go through that, it's very very simple. It's got like well, it's quite nice. They've got like some kind of hill design, and then you go across this like suspension bridge that they've cleverly made out of um, you know like wires and stuff. And then, you know, you go into a tunnel and then you, you're at the end and it's got like a garage kind of uh, lift taking you up into the end garage and then you, you, you finish the level. But if you've, there's this uh, bit where you, if you jump up really high, because it's a, it's a scrolling level, a four scrolling level, so there's bits that you can easily miss. But if you go up high and go through this door, then there's this whole other second stage that they've made, like an underground stage. Hmm. Uh, connected to it that you have to go through all these really devious um jumps and things with like you know parts where you can fall down and you have to kind of go all the way back to the beginning to to do it again um but if you do it then you reach this kind of secret room and that's the hidden showroom that they were talking about so it was actually a very very clever level um but it's just the kind of the gross aspect <laughs> of you're playing an advert mm-hmm. which uh, some people might not like I always wonder about these kind of advertisements. Like, do the people playing Mario Maker, are, are they going to buy a Ferrari based <laughs> on, like, you like, playing Mario Maker, like, you know, I hadn't really thought of it, but, yeah, I do want a Ferrari. So like, it is. <laughs> or whatever. See, it's not even working. It's not working at all. Well, I think that's just your inability to differentiate between cars. <laughs> just because I don't have a driver's license does not mean I'm not interested in cars. Let me tell you about the the free uh, Toyota Yaris game that Microsoft put out. Hey yo, what? It was shit. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that the jumping game? There's there's like loads the on the um, yeah. there's loads on the App Store. Like I think I remember playing a pretty for the time advanced 3D driving game, like um, sponsored or made by VW, Volkswagen. Uh, was it Beetle Adventure Racing, the best game ever? <laughs> yeah, it wishes it was. <laughs> well, speaking of, I mean, stuff on Xbox, do you guys remember, in America at least, the Burger King games? That <laughs> yeah, baby, Sneak King. Yeah, I never played any of them, but they're they pretty cheap, though, right? Yeah, like, you, you can get them at any GameStop for a dollar if they haven't thrown them all out. <laughs> I mean, even at the time when they were releasing them, I thought they were, like, less than ten bucks. Yeah, uh, were they even free? that much? I I thought it was like if you bought like a big ass burger meal or something, you got it. <laughs> it. It could have been. I really don't remember, but I thought that was just the weirdest thing, but awesome and kind of fun. That well, fun. I never played them, but promotional video games. That's a whole can of worms we could really get into. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a couple of the other event stages with the um, there was one for the Mario Paper Jam Bros. The you know the the two D oh right. god what is it Paper Mario and uh, Mario RPG Mario RPG crossover or game. Mario and Luigi whatever it's <laughs> can called. you call it a crossover when it's just basically the same game twice <laughs> um, but yeah quite similar to the Link Triforce one mm-hmm. uh, the character that they kind of 
somehow crammed three characters into a tiny bit sprite. They did it again with the Mario <laughs> ones, like Mario, Luigi, and Paper Mario on this tiny little a bit sprite. Um, the level was, meh, it was all right. Um, but yeah, on the latest update of Mario Maker, which is coming also very soon, um, they're adding a, a whole bunch of uh, uh, new items. And uh, on the not the Amiibo Unlock page, there's like another like ten empty slots. So it looks like they're going to be, you know, dealing out these um, these event stages at a fair rate. You know, they're not. It doesn't look like they're going to stop. So, you know, there could be all sorts of crazy characters being added mm-hmm. to uh, Mario Maker. I suppose logistically, it requires so little effort to do this. Like, to add a, a character to, like, a full 3D game or whatever, yeah, that's a ton of work to put a new character in. It's, I wouldn't call it sprite, little, though. I mean... It's not it, it's not little, but, like, comparatively yeah. to basically any other game available that's true, at the yeah. moment. But, like, you know, when you, when you hold up, they always do, like, an animation with a sound effect. Mm, yeah. And then if you complete the level with the, the, the different skin, then you usually get different music mm-hmm. uh, that plays out. Oh, okay. Yeah, they do put. I suppose it's that Nintendo polish. They don't half-ass anything. Right. Yeah. The uh, like th- even like like the arena one. You right. Know, it's got him like talking and stuff. Yeah. And he goes like yeah. Yataze or something like something at the end. And making music like with the. the oh yeah, saying. he goes like. But like in his voice. Yeah. Um, I forgot if the Mercedes one had one, but um, but yeah, like the Mario one. So yeah, like oh yeah, pretty much all of them do. Like the Splatoon one. Um. Uh, oh, yes, I, I should have mentioned during my Splatoon talk that I finally got the Splatoon, uh, the Inkling Girl amiibo. Oh, really? <laughs> and the, I did play a bit of the, uh, the, un- the what do you call it, the unlocked stages with her. Challenge right. Maps. Yep. And... She gets the sniper rifle one, is it? Or yeah, is yeah, it? sniper rifle stages. Pretty cool. And also unlocked her you know, skin in um, Mario Maker. And I'm in the middle of creating a stage based around her. Hmm. Um, if you complete the stage with them, then you get the... Like the, it's the same sound that plays when you complete a level on in Splatoon single player. Okay. You know the dun 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 dun. Yeah. Oh yeah. That kind of thing. I love that sound. It's really satisfying. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Continuing my, <laughs> um, Nintendo games which are getting constant updates. Um. You know, Splatoon's had major updates and still is, and Mario Maker as well. Um. Smash Brothers. Uh. Has. Uh, the cloud was released uh, a few days ago, at the time of recording, and uh, of course, like the big Smash Direct was held as well, with um, the other two being announced. We'll talk about that uh, a bit later, but yeah. So I, like I alluded to last time, I said you know, Cloud is a new original character. Um, I would buy it, and I did. I bought it uh, for the Wii U version. Mm-hmm. Hashtag N region locking. Uh, didn't get it for the 3DS version because i don't really play the 3ds <laughs> version much re- these days <laughs> i don't really play the wii u version but um i thought if i'm going to choose one it's going to be it's going to be the wii u one right mm. yeah so i played him i played against uh some you know cpu uh, players with him tried to learn the ropes and then took him online and got my ass kicked. <laughs> so I did the for glory. Oh boy! Uh, which was probably not the best idea. Yeah. <laughs> I my first for glory match in like for ages, and I I get pitted against uh, Captain Falcon, and he's like, you know, he's like a 
semi-pro Captain Falcon player who's like, you know, freaking meteor smashing me into the ground <laughs> <laughs> within five seconds. It's like, oops. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, Cloud, he is, I think he's a fantastic addition. Um, uh, I played on the Miiverse stage, which was probably a mistake. <laughs> Uh, Cyrus probably knows what's going to come. <laughs> it was like in the background. It was like Cloud is gay. Uh, <laughs> Cloud, Cloud sucks. Um, Final Fantasy is for girls. Things like that. <laughs> All those kind uh, of comments. Said, Such a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried to take, take a screenshot with as many of those comments in one screen as possible. <laughs> I think I posted on Twitter actually. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, he, yeah, I think he's plays really well. He, like the down and down smash, uh, down and special is his like charge move, which charges limit break. Um, and that powers up all of his moves. Mm-hmm. Um, so like just, uh, standard B is like this kind of like, uh, uh, he slashes his sword and like a beam goes across the ground. Um, it reminds me of a, is of, of a move in, uh, Turtle tournament fighters, actually. <laughs> Does that, did anyone play that? Tournament, Turtles tournament Turtle. fighters? I love that game. Yeah. Ask me anything about it. Ground Spark. It's like, Ground it's Spark like, was it? fucking broken as shit. It was so um, good. Like, it, which, like, not, like yeah, you were yeah, invincible yeah. when you did it. It was like your <laughs> invincible reversal move to get out of trouble. Yeah, Chrome, Chrome Dome was my, uh, was my me main. Me too. But um, one of the Turtles had like a i think he had that kind of thing donatella like could, crown claw was it i think it's like yeah it's that kind of thing that cloud does um and if you chart if you've got your limit break charged up then it it kind of hits them like three or four times and and it's got knock knock back to it um his up b uh, up special is um it's his recovery but if you press it again, he kind of slams down. So it's like, isn't it? It's a typical sword so guy. So don't move, mash you know? it when you're trying to recover. Exactly. I mean, yeah. It, I've, I've even like listened to some of the pro players and like, man, we're going to see so many deaths from people. Absolutely. Using yeah. Double tapping. Because when, be great fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like frantically, you know, I mean, it's usually what you think is what you do, isn't it? You're frantically tapping a button to recover. Some people do that. But, some don't. Um, That's going to be real you funny. You can't do that. <laughs> You just have to be careful. Jump, jump, up B, nothing else. Don't touch anything else. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, you can psych people out. You know, you can pretend to miss and then, you know, come back down and hit them as they go under you, uh, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and if you charge it, then it's got, like, a, you know, more of a knockback feature. Like, you can you can knock people out with it. Um, his side special is, like, a... Um, it's like a slash move and it spells out a kanji which i've forgotten what it is but like um it's, it said it in the direct but like box with an x in it that's what it means side, yeah, side. you want to talk to someone about boxes with x's in them Box draw with that x. Kanji. Yeah. <laughs> so like if you do the side uh, special then it kind of does a slash but if you hit the guy and you keep hitting b it'll slash him another three times mm-hmm. and if you've got your limit break charged up that's got like an incredible like knock you can you know you can smash someone out with that uh, which is pretty cool but the cool thing about the limit break is like if you just like i said it's down special to charge it but if you do down special when it's fully charged it's got like this kind of whirlwind attack which doesn't do any damage i think it does like one percent damage but it can knock someone out if they've got like over a hundred percent damage so like if it's over 50 percent is it 50 yeah it's got a really high wow. snapback on it 
Wow, wow, wow. Okay, that's that's yeah, that's dangerous. So if you just keep an eye on the other person's percent, and then you know charge a limit break and get that, it's kind of like I don't know how would you compare it to a similar move like maybe Jigglypuff's like sleep or something like that, or like Luigi's up beat, uh, up special. You know, something that's got like an instant insta kill kind of effect to it, if you time it right. But um, or maybe like Little Max, uh, you know, uh, smart, uh, super punch thing when it's charged up. But you know, you've only got one chance. You know, one at uh, one uh, uh, small time to do it, so you've got to time it right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah, his final smash is pretty much like a standard sword guy thing. Um, it's a little bit disappointing. I mean, it's similar to like lots of the Fire Emblem guys, you know, like, you know, you jump up, slash, 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 boom, and then it's got like a big explosion at the end of it, but, you know, it's pretty much similar. But anyway, the stage that he has um, is fantastic. Um, I was more excited for that stage than I was for Cloud. And Cloud is a cool character. Like, yeah. he's actually one of the better DLC characters they've done. He is cool. But his stage is goddamn awesome. So they've got these things which are like, I don't know, it's halfway between a Pokeball and a Final Smash. Um, it's called Materia. Materia, yeah, which is from Final Fantasy which Seven, which I've never played. But um, <laughs> There's a lot of <laughs> games you, pick... you haven't played from the 90s. That never released yeah. in Europe. Oh, yeah, that's no, it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, Final Fantasy Seven, I think, was actually the first mm-hmm. Final Fantasy game to the come first out. game released in europe yes. yeah first final yes. game. <laughs> yeah the first ever game <laughs> <laughs> so if you get one of these materia then you get like you know one of whatever it is five summons that come out and it, it's basically like a huge 2d sprite which i think is kind of amazing hmm. um like they're so well painted though they yeah. actually almost look 3d if you're not they really do they attention. do that, that's why i paused the game and kind of tilted the camera because i wanted to know if, are they actually 3d because I, I, they kind of moved kind of like a 2D sprite, but they look so amazing. Hmm. But, yeah, I tilt the camera, and, yeah, they are 2D. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then they have, you know, various effects. You know, they split the stage in half, set it on fire, set the parts of the stage with electricity, you know, things like that. Um, the beam one is so cool looking. The Bahamut, he, like, fires a satellite laser down in the background. And then oh, the laser, yeah. like, sweeps forward through the city and hits the stage. It kind of looks like a like God, that kind of looking guy. Yeah. Yeah, the big, big white like, beard. super God. Odin. No, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's Brahmu. But Baumut is the big dragon dude with, like... Okay. He's, like, a black dragon, huge wings. Looks like a Godzilla villain. But yeah, it's a, it's it's an amazing looking stage, and you get, I think you get two soundtrack, uh, two tracks with it as well, um, from Final Fantasy. Um, yeah, it looks looks beautiful, and Cloud is looks like is a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, his limit break thing is kind of like, yeah, it's a nice little addition to his uh, repertoire. I like it, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep playing this him, um, try and get good a little bit better at playing with him. See if we can win a singular game online. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, God, I've been I've been talking for a long time. I was gonna talk about a bunch of eShop stuff that I bought. Um, I'll probably save that for next year. But um, there was a there was a huge sale on the European eShop, um, like games that were originally like 10, 15 pounds down to like one or two pounds. Hmm. <laughs> so I bought a bunch of those and uh, once I played really more of it. Man, I haven't spotted these. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you should get on it, man. It's, I think they're until like uh-huh. Christmas Eve or something like that. So I'll have a look while someone else is talking about <laughs> something I don't care about. Okay, yeah. So that's it for now. Cool. All right, we'll take another quick break here and be back with a little bit of news for you. snooze lots of stuff kind of happening here in the world of japan and gaming and as a lot of you guys know uh whenever you know basically when we had the telethon nintendo basically had dropped the news on our telethon that hey there's a big thing coming up on monday like the pre the the monday after the show and that turned out to be minecraft uh, coming out on the wii u and the kind of interesting thing for Japan is that it was actually published by Microsoft Japan. Um, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. And uh, I don't know. You guys have any interest in Minecraft on Wii U or at all? I know, Ty, you played it in the past. We talked about it a little bit on the show before. Yeah. Actually, there was just a really big update on the console versions. I've been meaning to check that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I put in some time in Minecraft. Um I haven't done a super ambitious constructions other than this one time. Like, I snuck on my friend's server at night and built a giant Moai, like, Easter Island head. Like, <laughs> at the maximum height that the game would allow. <laughs> Just like, Right hey. in front of his house. Yeah, well, not it. Yeah, well, on his server. Whatever. You could see it from his house. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty impressive. Maybe one day I'll find some screen grabs. But, yeah, other than that, you know, I've just uh you know done all the achievements kind of stuff mm-hmm. cool. if this was 2011 i would be well chuffed well happy with this. <laughs> right right because um in 2011 um i think i talked about it uh, on the, on a podcast um could have been like a little bit later than that but like my auntie was asking me like which console to buy and uh and she's my cousin was like really into minecraft at the time, uh, maybe he was playing on his dad's iPad or something like that. And uh, I was like, well, there's only really one console that you can play Minecraft on, <laughs> and that's the 360. So, um, yeah, he ended up getting the 360. Um, Good choice, Minecraft. if you ask me. Yeah, and I think all he played was, like, Minecraft and, like... Call of Duty. Know, cr- crappy, yeah, probably Call of Duty and uh, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> when his parents were not home. <laughs> Could be worse ways to go. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I'm interested to see how well how well it'll do here in Japan, and then how well it's going to do you know, worldwide, and see if it's actually worth it <laughs> to, to even take the time to make a Wii U version. <laughs> I mean, wasn't it an entire episode? I think we called it like Nintendo Rage Championships or something, where I basically ranted at Reggie for like an hour. Yeah, and, and we got complaints about it because it was too negative right. or whatever. But it's not. It's, I know, and I've, I've said this many times. It's not just Reggie. I mean, Nintendo. Yeah. I, they just weren't getting the job done. This is. Not, I don't think it's a Reggie thing. This is an NCL thing too. Yeah, yeah. It, well, I think also Miyamoto um, went on record to saying like. He hasn't really heard of it. Hasn't really heard of it, or hasn't really played it. Just rolling or, my eyes right here. <laughs> he yeah, doesn't even play video games. Yeah, 
He just goes out in his garden and does He's like, is that something that kids play? You know, something, <laughs> some, something along those lines that comments and everyone just like slaps their forehead at the same time. So. Well, I, I'm remembering like, some uh, uh, interviews like uh, from the 90s that Miyamoto like didn't even have video games in his house. Like not until Samba de Amigo came out. <laughs> <laughs> On the Dreamcast? Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, okay, okay, the video games belong in my house now. <laughs> and, you know, I have to wonder about brilliant. that. I was watching one of the, you know, the Did You Know Gaming videos. Oh, yeah. Any of you watch those? Those are great. Yep. If anyone hasn't listened to them, Did You Know Gaming. They're really, really informative videos. But they just did one on the Wii U just today. And uh, it talks about how when they were implementing the Miiverse, or all the online options the Wii U was going to have, that they were all the developers were like comparing the, the Wii U's infrastructure to the, the PSN and the Xbox Live. And none of the Wii U developers had ever really used those systems before so they didn't know anything about xbox live or psn right right and right. it was it's like that's how out of touch some people in nintendo are they don't know how this stuff is it's it's kind of terrifying yeah yeah i, I had that story a while back as well right. <clears throat> but yeah it's on there now and going forward it'll you know there's it'll obviously be on the nx you know straight at launch hopefully and you know, if they just turn out to be one of those portable home hybrids, you know, that would be very cool to, like, you know, build stuff on the go and, and at home and have them going back and forth. Right. That might be cool yeah. to, to have that on the same thing. Because right now you've either got the console version or the handheld version. Exactly. I'm, I'm not, yeah, being I'm, able yeah. to have everything on one thing would be pretty damn cool. I'm not sure if the Vita and the PS3 or 4 versions work They're, together. I'm not don't. sure about it, that. There's the Vita version. It says, like, basically how, how yeah, 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 exactly. It's the same thing as the Wii U version. Branded. It says, like, Vita yeah. version. You know, Wii U version like that. I mean, it's sad that the Wii U version was even after the freaking Vita version. I mean, <laughs> it's like, right. but yeah. And also, the, apparently, the the touch screen really doesn't really do anything. They don't have. I mean, there was like lots of fan mockups. Like people have been wanting the Wii U version for so long because the the gamepad would be so perfect for like inventory management while playing at the same time. But they didn't actually do that. <laughs> it's just basically a mirror. Wow. Uh, so it's pretty... I mean, you know, they might update that's, that's, it. That's the same. Disney Infinity is such a wasted opportunity for, like, for level design. Any sort of level design. The Wii Pad is amazing. It's, like, perfect what you want it for. But it's, it's 20... Minecraft and Disney Infinity skipping it, so... Is it, um... Is there going to be a package version in Japan? Because, you know... They, right now, it's only digital only. It's um, 20 pounds on my eShop. I don't know about third, uh, other thir- places. 3700 about here. I think it's 30 bucks in the states. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right, yeah. So so it's not cheap, but it's not expensive. It's, so. For Japan, <laughs> it's pretty cheap for a console yeah. game. Um but yeah, we should yeah. probably keep moving on here and uh, yep. actually keep side, on. do you want to uh go off on these next two bits of news here? Yeah. No. I can these. Sure. So on Pokémon Tournament, for a new character was just in, was just deployed as playable in the arcades. So, <laughs> Sceptile, who I don't think anyone on the planet was excited for, but are like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, he's uh, the first grass Pokémon, he's playable now. I didn't get a chance to play him yet, but I'm sure he's okay. He's got an Azuma drop, that's pretty cool. And he also came, there's two, two assist Pokémon came out alongside of Electrode and Farfetch'd. But you can only unlock those two if you play the game between now and Christmas, I think. Okay. And th- this kind of stuff bothers me to no end. So it's like, 
a, a tournament, a supposed tournament level fighter, where some of the characters just disappear after a while. If you don't play it within a certain window, you never get to use those characters. It'll, it'll be like if you played Ryu in Street Fighter or Cloud in Smash Bros. And then, unless you played within a certain two-week period of December, one of his attacks was missing, and you never got to use that it. That is asinine. <laughs> yeah, so... Because the, the assist Pokemon, they function like an extra attack your Pokemon can use at any time. So it'd be like if Ryu didn't have a fireball unless you unlocked it by playing between a certain two-week period. <laughs> or Well, that, that, would, that would be the case. That would be the case if Konami made uh, Street Fighter. Yeah, so... Oh, it's just... Oh, it's bonkers. It just annoys me. But anyway, that's, that's so, not the most exciting news. The most exciting news? Is the Vitini and Dragonite are also coming? No, it's the freaking <laughs> the freaking arcade controller <laughs> that's yes. coming for the Wii U. <laughs> so yeah, the Wii U is, is getting like a pair a controller that mimics the arcade controller for Smash for Pokemon mm -hmm. tournament. Now, and that then, is weird though. Oh, sorry. It's Keep going. <laughs> weird and it's a weird controller. Because I, what do you think is weird? I, I, the, the reason why I think is weird is because I mean I, I think the controller looks fine, but the the v, uh, in the arcade, because in the arcade you think okay they're trying to emulate a gamepad in the arcade, <laughs> so but you don't need the screen, so let's just you know minimize it and just have the the buttons and the stick right. But at home you have a gamepad, so why do you need to have an arcade control that looks like a gamepad? Look, trying to look like a Gamepad. Street Fighter movie, the game, the movie. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. It's like, what's, what's, what's that about? <laughs> yeah. I and what, what really bothers me about the controller is that the one in the arcade only has L and R. Mm -hmm. There's no ZR, there's no Z, ZL. Hmm. So for the home version, they just stuck those two buttons on the front, middle of the controller. Oh, God. Brilliant. So they're in a really obnoxious, they're like where start and select would be on a traditional controller. Mm -hmm. hmm. There's just the, the start and select are there now, or plus and minus. Plus, and then above them or beside them or something is ZL, ZR. So they'll probably do, is there a pack-in, like the game and that, the controller? And then you can buy the controller separately, right? 3,400 yen? Yeah, like which is about 30 or $25 or $30. And that comes out in on the 18th of March, right? Right. When the game comes yeah. out. But do you think those are going to be like a Wii U package as well? Like... A console. They announced one. As Probably would make sense. As far as I know, they've released three three different things that have been announced. The game is coming out on the 18th. The controller is also coming out on the 18th. And then you can buy a bundle with the console, the game, and the controller. Okay. But I, do, I haven't heard of a game and controller bundle by itself. Hmm. So. That might be something that's coming, too. I mean, it's still quite a ways yeah. out, so. For what it's worth, the controller is pretty good. It's fine. There's nothing too special about it. It doesn't have any analog sticks. It only has defense. Hmm, okay. Yeah, it, I thought it was odd because it doesn't seem like a thing you need if you had a Wii U controller. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Listen to so listen to Famicast's episode 75 or 76 for impressions on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the, the Pro Controller does work with the game, too. The standard Wii U Pro Controller. So if you have one of those, or a Wii Pad, you don't need to buy a new controller. <laughs> but it, just, it kind of bothers me the GameCube controller doesn't work with it. Yeah, it doesn't work with anything other than Smash. Yeah, <laughs> which is so kind of silly. It's really sad. Yeah. So, 
They shouldn't even call it a GameCube adapter. They should just call it a Smash adapter. Yeah. Smash adapter. It's stupid. Because this would be a great gateway game for people to, like, for Smash players to maybe try other games. Yep. Next. (laughs) So next, more Pokemon stuff. Next. The new Pokemon is being announced. The end finished. Volcanium is coming out. So, yeah, no one really cares about him. He's a new Pokemon. (laughs) And also some other bullshit about Pokemon that no one cares about. <laughs> no, I think that was pretty much it. Okay. We can skip the rest. The rest is, yeah. Right then. So next, uh, Ty wants to talk about Smash 4, right? Yeah. This game of the year. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Smash 4. Okay. We got, well, I'm sure everybody on the internet has seen by now, we've got hotly anticipated DLC characters, Bayonetta, Cloud, and corn or something <laughs> who corn from jet set radio yes. no it's another fire emblem character <laughs> <laughs> right everyone's eyes rolled at that point right yeah I, but i love that even on that nintendo direct like you could almost feel that nintendo were embarrassed that they were announcing this character because like they put him right at the start where it's like get this you know, shit okay, out of the way here's the here's the the new fire emblem character I'm back to Smash. We already showed you Smash, but you're more interested in Smash than this guy, so we'll talk about Smash again. <laughs> yeah. Or we'll talk about Cloud again. But they're, they're also quick to say that it's not a weapon-based character, and you know. Yeah, repeatedly. Another we fucking sword, sword guy. <laughs> he, he's got, promise, he doesn't use the sword all the time. We promise. He's got a fucking lance, and he, like, bites people with a dragon. It's, like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I will... Yeah. I'll give them, you know, a little credit. He does look weird. Like, he does weird stuff. His transforming dragon mechanic. On um, RFN, I think it was Greg who said something along the lines of, um, oh, it might be another Fire Emblem character. But if it is, he hopes it's like... Um, I don't think he said Corin, but I think he said another character. But <laughs> I was just listening Probably to that. Crom. Everyone just says Crom. Yeah. I mean, and this, yeah. Is, this is actually from Fire Emblem If slash birthright conquest is that what it's called in the west so it's not even out in the west yet so this is kind of like a new character kind of like an introduction to the character for people in the west whereas most people in well people in japan who are interested have played it already right my my hyper troll tweet um was three new characters uh one from a game that's not out yet one from a game that killed nintendo and one from an m-rated game no one played (laughs) well done nintendo but it, I, I was just trolling. I actually think they're all very good characters. They're all interesting characters, I yeah. think. But uh, just trolling. Right. <laughs> yeah, I have I have no interest in Corrin. I, like, he is what he is. He's another character. I am, I am a bit disappointed with his choice that these are the final DLC characters and we didn't get an inkling. That's kind of sad. Yeah. There's a lot Hold of characters that said we didn't get. I've seen a lot of yeah. rage in some certain Facebook groups about it. Right, we got no Shovel Knight, no Shantae, no King K. Rule. Why were people so mad on King K. Rule? I don't know. Yeah, I love the... Donkey Kong, but yeah. <laughs> no one really cares about K. Rule. I, I just want to go back to the episode when I said, you know, like, 
they're not going to add inklings because they've already done the me costumes for them. And then yeah. people are like, I, I that's stupid, man. That it could still... <laughs> and it's like, well, actually, no. No, I was right, so yeah. screw you guys. Those costumes were... They were way too similar looking to an actual inkling. They had the same proportions and everything, so... Yeah, I wasn't expecting much. Yeah, remember yeah. the other month yeah. when I said I would laugh really hard if Killer Instinct got Shovel Knight and Smash didn't? We're, <laughs> we're halfway there, baby. Well, the, if you look back at it now, the Smash Ami- uh, sorry, the Shovel Knight Amiibo was actually just like a standalone Amiibo um, design. It didn't actually have Smash on it at all. Mm, it has a purple Shovel Knight base. It's not part of the Smash right. line. And, and then another thing that, uh, that RFN kind of uh, nailed um, before they had they'd even seen the presentation, but they were talking about that and the fact that the the creators were not actually denying or confirming that Shovel Knight was in Smash, but um, uh, RFM were kind of uh, uh, contemplating whether it was just for the just for the you know attention. And it's like, well, you know, he could be in Smash. You know, <laughs> keep keep t- you know, stay tuned. And no, that's what I gathered too from a lot of the companies. Yeah, because just that buzz alone, you know. The fact that you know Yacht Club Games could make a character that might be in Smash Brothers—I mean, Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't want that kind of buzz, right? Right. So yeah, and like you, you saw how much how far Bayonetta is along in design. She's out in two months. She's basically finished. Mm-hmm. That that takes a lot of time and a lot of money. A lot of work has to get into a character before it gets that far. So they've Nintendo have internally known the result of the ballot for a long long time i love that um bayonetta was the one that won in europe but it was like third in america or was it fifth or something? i thought it was, it was fifth. Kind of, yeah yeah Top five and I, and i bet i think i think what, what that is i bet number one was uh goku in america i bet you it is right yeah. because in in europe we don't have that kind of um, ang- um anime slash manga kind of culture as much like um you know it's it's kind of like a trickle down via america <laughs> but america's you know kind of has a more direct um anime I was say, outside, outside of france maybe but <laughs> yeah yeah outside, yeah we've talk, danny's talked about that before yeah so like i bet you like goku won but like just the <laughs> the licensing alone just made that impossible so it's like okay america is not going to get the number one um let's see who got you know the most votes overall you know so and then that was Bayonetta, so right. So I, I don't know about Japan. It would have been interesting. Though, who I watched. Well, I watched the <laughs> Japanese direct. I don't. I was kind of like zoning out a little bit when they're talking about <laughs> that, and, and I was like, oh well, oh, it's number five in America or in the top five or whatever. And yeah, I, I don't remember, but it could have been Goku for Japan as well. You never know. Could have been. Or it could have been Cloud, and he's he won. <laughs> yeah, it so. could have been. <laughs> but uh, you know, going on with this too, there was quite a few costumes that were announced and released, and. Um, I, one of the coolest ones I, I thought, and actually you guys put this out here in the, in the notes too, but, uh, um, Takamaru from Nazono Murasame Jo, AKA the mysterious Murasame Castle, uh, 1986 Famicom disc system game, uh, character and stuff. They actually have a costume for him, which I thought was really cool. And, um, wasn't he, wasn't that in uh, Nintendo land as well? Yeah. Yeah. That's a Nintendo land as well. So, so it's a Nintendo Land character, right? Yeah, hey, launch <laughs> people think launch title on an X. The game's resurfacing, man. <laughs> they, they did even mention like in the trailer for all the costumes, like they showed the title for his game. Nazuno. Oh, he was in Japanese. Yeah, right? yeah. He was full kanji, and then underneath, not released. At all <laughs> yeah, I love that bit. Like that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
so that I thought that was cool. And then you know they have Gino from Super Mario RPG as a as a costume as well, and um, a couple other people. People wanted him as a character as well. Yeah. Yeah, he he was really vocal in how many people wanted him. So it's probably I had never heard of him. Before. I bet like all the top tens from all around the world, those will all just be made into um, you know me hats, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you know, especially with Takamaru and Gino. I mean, these costumes are actually pretty cool. I just. I don't know. I haven't really played too much with me fighters and stuff, so I, whatever. And also, yeah, people no also people also forgot that you know they actually went on record to say that anyone that's um, a trophy or a uh, assist trophy, sorry, assist. will not be made into a character. They they straight up said that, and yet still people were wor- hoping for freaking Waluigi. I mean, f- fucking hell, get over it. <laughs> Pink metal baby <laughs> Waluigi. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. That's my, that's Mario Kart 8 DLC. <laughs> yeah. Since, and since we haven't actually talked about her much, I am super happy Bayonetta 1. I yeah. think she's a really cool character. And she looks so good. The, the, yeah. the, the moves. I love the witch time move. That looks fantastic. Yeah. And like Nintendo, in, in Smash in particular, they are so amazing with with realizing these characters in the game. Like, yeah. all the little tiny touches that no one would know. Like, the way her shadow is a... is a, her demon form shadow all the time. And uh, little touches like the magic circles they pointed out in the trailer, or the butterflies that right, appear right, whenever right. she moves. Like... And she's or got, the way she can yeah. dance for all her taunts. It's like... This is so much unnecessary work. It's super cool. I think the taunt is like one of the long. It's the longest taunt in the game, isn't it? it if you let it yeah, go, it just keeps going. She just keeps dancing. She has four. She has three different dances, and they all chain into each other, so you can make it a single uninterrupted dance. Apparently, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and, uh, I love Bayonetta. I've only. I haven't actually played the second game. It was one of the three games I bought with this console, and uh, I haven't gotten to playing it yet, but. The first one is one of my favorite action games ever made. Did you get the double pack? No, I have the other one because I have the first game on my Xbox as a DL downloaded game. Okay. Well, apparently the Wii the Wii U version is the best uh, best running, um, highest highest frames per second and all that jazz. So. Might reinvest. Plus, you got the Nintendo costumes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I can leave those. They look kind of. (laughs) Bowser fist? Anyone? No. <laughs> cool. What else we got, Dan? Yeah. So one last little thing. You know, those guys mentioned that there's a sale on the eShop uh, in Europe, and there's actually one in Japan too, forty percent off for if you sign up for the Nintendo account. You get a special uh, discount on select games. This is Doctor Mario on 3DS, Kirby Fighter Z, Pokemon Troze, Trying to Famicom Remix on the Wii U, Lego City Undercover. We uh, this is like a different title in every region. I think uh, Pokemon Scramble <laughs> U, and then Mario Kart Seven. So, and mm. I think this goes neither to, either until like the twenty third or twenty fourth uh, around midnight. So, some okay so I, sales. Yeah, on some games that I are... got an email about this, and mm-hmm. um, it basically on the eShop now on the to the left. You know, when it's you got you got to the left, you got the account settings and you know set up things like that, right? Right. Um, they now had a new icon which said, um, you know, like offers or something like that. And you click that. And I'm assuming that's the thing that's going to change, you know, mm-hmm. um, on the, using the new Nintendo account system. You know, they said that they're going to customize um, 
offers to what you buy. Right. And right? It, that's the whole point of this new system, right? Exactly. And it's just that it doesn't seem like <clears> they have that implemented in yet because you can click on it. It doesn't do anything. But, And, you know, yeah. I think we talked about this before. Maybe you guys even talked about this on the telethon. But, you know, it's great now. You can actually purchase stuff from anywhere with your Nintendo account right now, which is really nice. Um, oh, and you can get it to download yeah, straight because that's, that's right? how I got Lost Reavers downloading. I just was on uh, Nintendo's website, and I was like, oh, crap, I can just do this from here. And it, as long as your system's, what, it should be on, right? I mean, um, if you have it set up that way. And uh just did that, and it downloaded. And then when I came back, like, three days later <laughs> to, to play it, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I downloaded it. A short it. three days later, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I'm not saying it was that slow. It's just like because I didn't really want to play this game. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good feature that the uh, the background downloading on Wii U. You know, m- n- many people may not realize it actually has that. But like, yeah, like the the eShop game that I eShop games that I recently purchased. You know, they all downloaded while I was playing Smash Brothers. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Cool. Uh, in terms of new releases, uh, as we think said for the past couple of episodes now, there's the sharp hashtag FE, whatever you know that, that's coming out on the 26th. <laughs> yes, sharp. Yes, that's coming out kind of soon. Uh, Gold Amiibo, the Gold Mario Amiibo, excuse me, finally released. Finally, I don't know if people are waiting for it here. Maybe uh, they, they released that yeah. here in Japan just over the weekend. I think maybe. Yeah, it was. It's pretty funny because this release it was an American exclusive, a Target American exclusive, right. or Walmart, one of the two, and there were like people lining up for this thing for hours. It was super limited. Oh, yeah. They're massively rare, and then it just kind of appeared over here in shops. There was no yep. warning. No one knew about it. Well, and, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's stupid. It, the last time I went, kind of looking for Amiibo, I found pretty much everything I wanted. The only thing I'm still looking for is a Toon Link, but I could just get on Amazon and do that. I just haven't done it yet, you know. But yeah, even with the current restocks, there's Toon Links everywhere. Yeah. everything. Also, I kind of want to get a Ness, and I found it, like the day I was looking, I saw like three of them, and I was like, oh. Well. Yeah, the Nintendo finally sorted themselves out with yeah. Amiibo. They're not rare. At, at least in Japan. Which is cool. <laughs> I think it's pretty much the same in the U.S. at this okay. point. They had a massive restock, okay. too. My um, my girl inkling was the last one in stock in the shop that I had. They had plenty of boys the... and squids, but <laughs> they didn't have any girls. So They're pretty much the only ones I haven't seen anywhere as inklings. Yeah, I actually got refused. I asked for it, and the woman said, sorry, we're sold out. And then I... I browsed the shop for a few minutes, and then as I was leaving, she ran after me and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we just found oh, one. Oh, that's nice. Wow. The, yeah. yeah, like, so I was ready to just give up, and then <laughs> so I finally got it. That Japanese service. One of the perks of being an easily identifiable that, guy. <laughs> that too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also Lucas is coming out, apparently. Yeah, the, uh, that's the thing. Big the clone of, uh, yeah. what's his name? Ness. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the director that, of Star that Wars. Seems to get more than, yes. That seems to get more rage than most things, is saying that Lucas is a is a clone, uh, justifiably announcing that he is a clone of... He also made Star Wars as James, so, you know, just pointed out there, too. He only directed one good Star Wars film. <laughs> That's very true. Think about that. I think this, this amiibo could actually direct more good Star Wars films than he. That's possible. <laughs> true story. It's all right. I'll tell you what. Uh, let's go ahead and take another break here, and we're going to get to one of our two special features for today. It's crazy. <laughs> so stay tuned. Until it's Christmas. Yes.
All right, and we're here with one of our special features, and I'm just going to have James go ahead and take it away here. What? <laughs> yeah, me again? Yeah, I'm back in the host, yeah. host seat again. Pretty much. So, yeah, um, Danny, I don't know if you listened to the telethon episode. Yes, I did. You did? I said it at the beginning much. of the show, too. Good, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to me, though. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, um, me, Ty, Cheesemaster, and John, we were talking about, like, um, you know, our first Japanese console that we bought. Um, in you know, it didn't have to be in Japan, but the first Japanese console we bought. Um, Danny, how about you? What was yours? DS you know, Lite. DS Lite. Were you in Japan at the time? Uh, for a couple of weeks, so my first time ever to Japan. Okay, Cyrus, have you ever bought a Japanese console? Uh, oh, yes. My Japanese 3DS is technically I have a Japanese Xbox, but I bought it just so I could buy its power cable. I've never actually turned it off. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. It was cheaper to buy a new Xbox with a power cable than a converter. Thanks to uh, region locking, because you got two 3DSs, right? <laughs> yeah, I've got my Japanese 3DS and my uh, 3DS. So what we talked about, we um, we went back through the, the history of Nintendo consoles um, to kind of look for hints about what the NX could be, or, you know, basically how Nintendo decides to add certain features and things to their consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like... When we're talking about the 8-bit era, like Famicom had a microphone, which was, you know, clearly for the karaoke games, but that was dropped. The series of games, which were the two games. <laughs> series of two games, you know. Well, Nintendo were good at making, yeah. you know, features that they only used twice. Sure, sure. Or once. <laughs> so the mic was dropped, um, uh, and also the Famicom disc system, you know, that never made it out, you know, but, you know, that was designed around stuff that they had in mind for Japan, right? Right. Um, no. I can't believe you literally said the line, the mic was dropped the mic- and no one <laughs> <laughs> the, mic, the mic was... Let's just, let's just end the podcast there. Let me just drop the mic. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, see you next year. <laughs> so wh- why do you think that the Famicom Disk System never made it to the uh, to the West? I mean, the, the, most of the games for it were actually, you know, redesigned into cartridge games right. eventually, weren't they? Like Zelda 2. I, I think that was part of it. I mean, maybe just the technology was progressing a little bit and stuff save batteries were becoming something that you can do piracy was another big concern that they had with the disc system because there are ways that you know people could do that pretty easily and maybe they just wanted to kind of have a little bit more control over it and you can kind of get that with the carts it's a little bit harder to you know duplicate that than it is you know the the discs even though they are kind of proprietary it's still easier to uh, well one thing when you release an add-on for a console that you know has specific games for it you're 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 cutting your potential audience like way down right. like way way down we saw it a lot with all the sega accessories mm-hmm. in the 90s for sure so and like with the famicom disc system you could just put in like a little bit of work and just make it a regular famicom game regular nes game right. for the u.s so maybe we kind of benefited for that because we didn't have to buy an add-on right to but to play zelda 2 you know but then like sometimes you know as i sure tons of podcasts have talked about there's some drawbacks to that because of like the sound and stuff like that is a little bit is supposedly it kind of is superior on the disc system versions of some games as opposed to like the uh, american releases on carts and also who would want to buy an add-on just to play zelda 2 i mean seriously uh, I, I might god <laughs> <laughs> and then uh 16-bit uh super Fami to snes i mean for some reason america wanted to have you know cool futuristic purple <laughs> make it look make it look like the robot of the future you know robot's head or something <laughs> um, it oh, did yeah, look we, good at least in the ads yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we also skipped over Rob. You know, we talked about on the telethon. But, yeah, Rob was also, like, a big thing for um, the West, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then they then they went back and made a Japanese version, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows? But, yeah, that was, like, two games, right? Right. Something like so, that. yeah, Super Famicom, like, I mean, it's pretty much the, exactly the same console, um, apart from in America where they changed the colors. I mean, the games were obviously really different. Um, <laughs> as I've complained about many times, you know, none of the RPGs made it to Europe except for, like, Secret of Mana. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, and then America had, like, uh, crazy amounts of sports games, which no one else had. Right, because it was like pretty much like the sports console. Yeah, that's what they kind of said about the Genesis, really, right? I mean, time maybe can. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like Genesis had like a slight edge in sports releases in the U.S., but still, you could get, oh. you could get your fucking annual sports oh, yeah. games on your Super Nintendo up until like '98. I mean, you could get like Madden '98 and stuff on Super Nintendo. I think. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. I think that's what it was. Went up to, but. Street Fighter 2 for the Super Famicom, you could at least use all of your punches and kicks because it had six yeah. buttons. Yeah. If you want to play, play, Super, if you play Street, uh, Super Street Fighter 2 on the Mega Drive or Genesis, you could use punches, and then if you want to change the kicks, you have to pause, go to the options menu, and switch the buttons to oh, kick. Oh, wow. You, you, did, you didn't pause. You hit the no, start. you didn't pause. You hit yeah. the start button. Oh, yeah, it hit the start button, button and, it, yeah, and it switched them for That's, you. So, so you lost Jesus pause Christ. altogether. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how, wonder how you paused it. Stop! <laughs> but anyway, but also the um, the Satellaview was another thing that never made it outside of Japan. Right. Um, so I wonder what they were thinking with that. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that there's no real way to emulate that and to get the, the full experience about that what, what that was. Right. Because it was like, you know, there was the Zelda BS game, right. which was like, from what I can understand, like it was kind of part radio show, part streaming game right. that you know you could only play at certain times right and you know like, it, if, if you guys out there want to read more about this i wrote a pretty i'm, I'm pretty proud of it a really oh, right, yeah. good uh segment of articles about uh expansion system expansion ports and nintendo systems and saddle of you is one of the things i talk about and kind of talk oh, about you should link you should link that up and yeah the, yeah uh, article. i'll link it up yeah. even if you're looking at your smart device right now you can stop the podcast and click on a link and go directly to the article and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it took a long time to get that whole piece together, but I was pretty proud of it. And there's a lot of really interesting information in there. Nice. Yeah, I remember reading that. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Um, so that there was a Satellaview and also the you know the infamous uh, Nintendo PlayStation thing, which uh, never actually happened. But, um, but yeah, just to kind of think about what they were thinking with those kind of add-ons. You know, it's very much a Japanese thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean. Um, I don't think Satellaview would have worked in a massive country like the States. Right. Um, so, I mean, were they even thinking about even releasing it anywhere outside of Japan? Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about it on the Famicast before, you know, the Galapagos Syndrome, um, which is uh, uh, something that Japan is kind of famous for. I mean, they even call their phones Garake, which means basically Galapagos phones. Which basically means phones which only have which have features which only work in Japan and do not work in any other country, hmm. and that's that's a positive thing. By that. that's a, that's they're proud of the fact that they design these devices which are completely useless outside of Japan, <laughs> and therefore do not have a global market, and you know therefore don't make don't go globally famous, and that's why the iPhone shit all over uh, Japan and destroyed all their mobile phone makers in one fell swoop. Because it was a <laughs> it was a phone which sold everywhere, not just one country. 
but um but anyway uh so yeah that was another kind of hint about their kind of you know japanese only focus about uh, you know lots of things that they did even in the super famicom and that didn't change with the n64 because you know well danny yeah i mean you know <laughs> danny's favorite thing ever yeah yeah i mean with the dd I think the intentions at the, at the very start were good. They they were thinking about the limitations of the car technology at the time. They just couldn't get as much out of these carts as what they wanted. So the discs were the way that they felt that they had to go. And of course, you know, being Nintendo and being a Japanese company, the first place you're going to test this thing out is Japan. And I mean, this thing just got delayed to hell. I mean, this thing didn't come out until like what, like 1999. And at that point, they had already released the, the you know the four megabyte expansion pack in the West and in Japan, and you know and then then the cartridge sizes the, it was getting cheaper to uh, cram more stuff into it and it just became irrelevant and there really wasn't much need for it but you know they still did a lot of interesting uh, kind of ahead of its time things with you know the DD uh, Randnet and you know this online service and whatnot and. I mean, it, it was interesting, but it ultimately failed because it just took too long to come out, and it didn't. It was just irrelevant. And you, you had to buy it through like a subscription system. You right? could like, buy it through like a subscription service, or you can like pay for it upright. If, if I'm remembering correctly, I put more details about that in that same article that I linked up earlier. So check that out. But um, the fact that the the N64 didn't use CDs, I mean, even though that the SNES almost did, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of weird, right? Um, you would think like, okay, we the SNES add-on didn't work. You know, let's try it again with the next system. And no, they didn't. <laughs> like super, super, like aggressively against CDs for some reason, and then went for zip drives instead. Yeah. Hey, I like I like <laughs> oh. zip discs. <laughs> hey, I had I have I've got loads of zip discs. Well, I only had one, but I don't want to I don't want a games console with it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was like another thing where it's like super, you know, Japanese, you know, like. I mean, even though CDs were a Japanese invention, mm. <laughs> it's like it's kind of weird, right? You would think that would have made sense, but anyway. But yeah, that whole thing, Rannet and all that 64DD stuff, crazy, crazy Japan-only stuff, Japan-only thinking. Um, was there? I don't think there were any major differences, like between no, I mean, apart from like it, mahjong games. <laughs> no, I mean, in terms of like the system itself, there's really not very many differences, if, if right. any at all, really. Even the Pikachu N64 was everywhere, right? I think so. I think I've seen that here. Yeah, yeah. When it was in the UK and Ireland. Yeah, and I thought it was like a. I borrowed. I thought it was like a Toys R Us exclusive in America or something. Uh, maybe I, I don't remember, but it's de- it was Could definitely right. there. I remember seeing it. So then we have the GameCube. Um, obviously, they finally went for CDs, but not really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like the first thing, okay, they're, they're doing discs, finally. And then, yeah, they cut them in half. Yep. And then they do these mini DVD things. So I would, would you think, like, you know, the size of it, you know, the color that it came out in, you know, the purple Kinder Price, uh, Fisher Price color, you know, the fact that it had a handle, these tiny little discs, I mean... They all screamed Japan, right? Right. It, it was to me. I still never understood the handle. <laughs> you can take <laughs> no it to your does. friend's house. Yeah, but it was a terrible it, handle. No. It didn't fit anyone's hands. It could fit in my hand. My hands aren't like baby hands. You can hang it from a wire across your, your, your ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. Either no. way, the handle just confused me. It, it, it just it was weird. It was really weird, guys. Yeah. So and also this was the time when you know like 
you know, like the PS2 and the Xbox, um, what the Xbox One, Jesus Christ, the <laughs> freaking first Xbox, the original Xbox, yes, the original the Xbox, VCR. the VCR one, right? I mean, this was the time when you know they started cranking out the power. I mean, the original Xbox, I mean, you know, that used the same amount of power as like you know a seven four seven to power it up, right? But you know, Nintendo does you know the super. You know, econ- economical, you know, low power GameCube, and they're very proud of the fact that it's small, quiet, doesn't use much power. Cheap to manufacture. All this kind of stuff, right? I mean, it's so Japanese, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, no one gives a shit about that in the West. It's like, okay, it's small, that's kind of nice, I guess, but like the color was like vomit inducing. No, but, in, you know, even with the, the, the size. They, they thing, had to do a black one, right? Very quickly, they realized the need yeah, of a black very one. Very quickly. At launch, I mean, there was, in America, there was the, you know, the indigo and then the jet black. There were, those were options. I kind of wanted that spice orange, like they had, they had like all three of those colors in Japan, I believe. And right. I really wanted that spice orange GameCube, and I never got it. <laughs> I've only I've got a controller. I do too. I do too. Man, my brother got the the black GameCube, and in hindsight, I'd be like, I'd be all over a, a purple GameCube. It's a really attractive color. In yeah, hindsight. but at the time, it's no, just, it isn't. You know, you think 15 <laughs> years ago, that's just a weird color for a, a device. Yeah, it was. And then the, the Game Boy Advance. I mean, we're, we're not talking about um, handhelds in this discussion, but like that, hand, the, there was the same color for the Game Boy Advance, and it was equally terrible. Yeah. yeah. I got the transparent purple did, one because that was the only one I could stomach. Glacier. Did they have the pink one at launch? Uh, I thought it was just glacier, indigo, and white. Right, right. You're right. In the west, you mean? yeah, in the west. Um, but you know, I mean, pink one came uh, out pretty when... quick, though. Probably did. That was a thing. <laughs> Probably. I mean, the fact that a console had a color variations. I mean, that started with the N64. Like um, right. they did that, like near, near the end of its life, they started releasing those kind of iMac-inspired color variations. Right. And then with the GameCube, it was like at launch, you know, you could have three colors, right? I mean, nobody was asking for like a white PS2 or a you know a, a brown Xbox One. First shit, X, first Xbox, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, no one was asking for different colors of those, right? I mean, even the. Were there even different colors of the controllers? For Xbox? Until much, much later, yeah. I Xbox. thought they might have had, like, a translucent one or something. No, it was, like, a oh, translucent yeah, yeah. blue yeah, for the original Xbox. I don't remember. It was something. I had a translucent Xbox one anyway. But, yeah, they, they, they were the standard variations, which is but that, translucent. That's actually a good point. It, that's almost like the opposite. Microsoft were doing the opposite, weren't they? I mean, they were on... They were going into Japan with, um, you know, a giant console and a giant controller, and then they realized that, you know, Japanese people wouldn't like such a massive controller so they designed the you know the japanese version which which, is much smaller yeah and that that came out surprisingly not too terribly long even in america after the the xbox came out yeah well people in america were complaining about the original xbox controller because (laughs) it was shit duke yeah yeah i mean yeah nobody liked that and so that was like an opposite way wasn't it that was like japan influencing the west you know after the fact right um but you know nintendo doesn't do that you know they're they're focusing on Japan first, and then hopefully it works out in the West. Right, and you know, I I remember around the time when the GameCube came out and the PS2 and Xbox, everything was going strong, and I had a friend, and you know, of course I was a big GameCube fan, and you know, I was trying to tell him like, you know, technologically the GameCube is more powerful than you know like the PS2, and he wouldn't, he would thirty three percent, he he wouldn't believe it, and he said, no, it's not, it's not big, so it's not powerful. I was like, 
what? Really? That is genuinely and, interesting. The people and I'm pretty that. sure he's not the only I... person that thought like that. Bigger is better. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, it's it's never it's why I've kind of never been a PlayStation guy. Is that you know they always try and you know pull the wool over your eyes with like the emotion engine <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, I mean it just goes back to Sega with the blast processing that kind of bullshit. Right. It's like you know Nintendo don't even talk about well, the processor. Do they're they? probably embarrassed. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like I remember at the time. I mean, I mean Ty probably remembers more than anyone because you're in a Planet GameCube and all that. But like. It was right. so hard to get information about this, the freaking power of the GameCube. It was like they just wouldn't tell you anything about it. It was crazy. So we eventually found out much, much later. And it's like, oh shit, it's got it's way more powerful than the PS2, even though it's got less memory or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, by that time it was too late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone thought the PS2 was the most powerful or whatever. Yeah. But, um, Even though it released like a year earlier, and yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> which 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 was earlier? PS2. PS2 yeah, PS2 was, was way earlier. Yeah, it was like a year ahead of the Xbox and the GameCube. Yep. yep. And then the online system, which so yeah, the Xbox was going like you know full full ham on the online game at that point, right? Yeah, baby. Xbox Live version 1.0 was starting, and the PS2. Uh, you know, Sony, also a Japanese company, kind of ham-fisted it. Also, yeah, you, like uh, the I, I played both PS2 and Xbox a lot online. I could tell you all about it. Like uh, so, with yeah. the PS2, you had to get the modem separate. Like I think it was actually packed in with Final Fantasy Eleven. Yeah, that was one way yeah. you can get it. Yeah, and the hard so, drive. There was a hard drive as well, right? Yes. Yeah, it came with it. I played Final Fantasy Eleven for like one week, and I was like, "Fuck that." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did play Resident Evil Outbreak online a lot, huh. and that also made use of the the hard drive as well as the modem. Hmm. So the GameCube was um, it didn't need a hard drive, but it had the you know the the broadband adapter and Fantasy Star. I think was I don't know if it was the only so series that was it. Actually, was there? An, I, I will tell you there are was one, two, and three. Right? There are four games that have online support on the GameCube. That is Fantasy Star Online Episode 1 and 2. Fantasy Star Online Episode 1 and 2 Plus, which might be a Japan-only <laughs> type of thing. Fantasy Star Online Episode 3 Card C.A.R.D. Revolution. And then a game called Homeland, which it, it developed by Chunsoft. It's, I have it, but I've never played it. I think by the time I bought it, it you know, it, the GameCube was done. But um, <laughs> yeah. it's only four games. Wait, that's it. If you so, were yeah. gutsy, you could play uh, land games like Mario Kart over a bridge connection online. Uh, yeah, the warp right. pipe. Good luck. <laughs> I so mean, it the, works. That's a good point, actually, Ty. I mean, like, land parties were pretty like popular. Around yeah, about, I yeah, played Mario those. Kart on the land. We, we set up eight people. We went ham. Hmm. So do you think that they did that kind of land game for the West or for Japan? Because I, I don't think you do, you would not find many Japanese people willing to set up a LAN party. Yeah, I don't know if they even thought that through. Maybe from America, because you know Halo was big at the time. Like I was, and playing, Halo did that, right? Even I did. Yeah, Halo I was playing Halo Two lands like several times a week around that time. So maybe. But, but meanwhile, Nintendo was going with Fantasy Star, which is like you know play on your own, you know, and it was a, level it's the same guy. fucking. 
Marshmallow Peep Murdering Simulator you were playing on the Dreamcast. Exactly. And, you know, that was, that was pretty early in the uh, GameCube's life. And I, at the time, I was thinking, oh, this is just the beginning. We're going to see all sorts of online <laughs> games. And it's nah, just... dog. And then they just stopped making the broadband adapter. Yeah. And I think I told the story on the podcast. I got lucky and found a broadband adapter, I think, in 2002 at Walmart in the, oh, what do you say? Uh, the like Bargain bin. Thank you. Bargain bin. But it was still like $30 or something. But it's like, okay. But it was like going out. It was like, it just didn't carry it anymore. And I picked it up. So, yeah. Um, everything from the size to the, you know, the online um aspect of it was very much you know a japan focused thing again right and with that it goes smoothly into the wii which again um the the online system was by that time very very much behind um the other two consoles right uh what are we talking ps3 and 360 baby 360 thank you (laughs) as like going for the xbox one to the 360 to the one again (laughs) anyway um, so something that we found out like much later was the fact that all Nintendo online games had all of the online components on the disc. So that, that meant, you know, all the kind of you know, the friend listing, the friend matching, you know, friend list and stuff, all of that and, the, and the, the, all the inf- data and information you need to connect to the Nintendo network had to be on a game by game individual basis. There was no like, you know, online, you know, uh, you know, system for that, <laughs> which is why, like Cyrus mentioned uh, on this podcast a while back, um, that Nintendo were just so in the dark about how to set up online games and systems like that, because you know that's the kind of thing they were working with, right? And there were lots of little points which I picked up on, like um, the fact that they wanted you to connect your um, mobile phone email when you when you, when you set up your Wii. Yeah. They, they, I mean, that was the time when, I mean, phones in Japan, everyone had email. But, like, in the West, people were just using SMS and, you know, if that. Yeah. You know, just text messages, yeah. right? So, like, the fact that the Wii was like, you know, you can set up your email, you know, to email your phone. So you can, you can, what was it? Like, you can, from your phone, you can email your Wii to tell your family you could be late. I think that was one of the, like, the ways that they spun it in Japan. This is, yeah, this is something I didn't know about. It was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you could set up any email account on the on the Wii. Like, you could send emails, messages to any email address, but like, you had to accept it as a. It was it was the same. It was the same as the friend code system, right? So like, you had to set it as like a a thing. So you had to accept it on the other end. Like, okay, I accept that I'm allowed to get emails from this Wii. It's gonna go through <clears throat> to that Wii in two hours to two yeah, days. Exactly. It'll be there. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the, and then again, we've got, again, with the low power and the very small space, the small size of it, and, uh, you know, the fact that it doesn't make much sound, you know, and that kind of thing. And also, then, the whole family aspect of it, um, you know, that was very much like a Japan-focused thing. But thankfully, that worked out to be successful right. in every country. Yeah. Or not, Ty's probably thinking, not thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> You know, whatever way you want to look at it, it was, it was successful, right? And, you know, it may or may not be because of, you know, the Japanese mindset, you know, like trying to get the family all together in the living room and playing together. Uh, you know, it turns out, you know, that's not only a Japan thing. Um, 
is that a lucky lucky coincidence like a lucky thing for nintendo or not? maybe right place right time you know right place right time is, yeah yeah well, like th- my mom has not played a computer in i don't know how many decades but we played a lot of the wii together my whole family played the wii like we played wii boxing wii tennis all that yeah. stuff so like the wii really hit just an amazing spot with the console I mean the uh, the sports that they chose for Wii Sports. I mean those are all sports that are very very popular in Japan. Right. So obviously that was a Japan focused idea. I mean especially uh, things like golf. Yeah. And uh, bowling. You know the, those are things that you know you'd like to do, but you know you can't really go. It's very hard, expensive, and hard thing to do in Japan. So you know the fact that you can you know practice your golf swing in your living room. You know that's a very you know Japanese businessman type thing, and uh, yeah, bo- same for bowling as well. You know, grandma wants to go bowling, but you know she broke a hip, so it's too weak to lift up the ball anyway. <laughs> yeah. Of note, I, I don't want to tangent too much because I know this is a big topic, but uh, like golf is huge in Japan. It's really really popular, like you said, with business and with salarymen. But no one goes to play golf because it's too expensive. And there's, so, there's no space for golf courses. Yeah. yeah. Like, out, I live out in the middle of nowhere in a small country town, and pretty much every house has a small, like, a little mini batting <laughs> cage set up for golf. Yeah, th- there's, actually, um, there's, there's actually a, a golf practicing shop right near to my house, and it's basically somebody's just bought, like, just renting out an office space, and they've just put a net and a computer screen behind it, and that's it. <laughs> then they call yeah, it they call it Hawaiian golf simulator or something like that. And it's, like, <laughs> and it's just full of like you know old guys practicing their golf swing. <laughs> yeah, I I have a guy who lives across the road from my apartment, and every night I can just hear him out. I can just hear him hitting swing, hitting shots into this net. And, yeah. and I asked him because his wife is a teacher in my school, so I asked like, oh, how often does he play golf? And he says, oh, she, he goes maybe once a year. <laughs> and, right. And so he play he, go, he plays golf once a year, but he does practice shots for a half hour every day for the entire year. <laughs> and my my you know my uh, wife's family is a good um, indicator of this. Like I mean, uh, my <laughs> I don't think my wife's mother has ever played a video game except Wii Sports. And um, apparently they played the Famicom for like an hour back in the eighties. Hmm. You know when every Japanese household had a Famicom. Hmm. Um, which is now mine, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and my father-in-law, he, you know, first the game he wanted to play is like, oh, you can play golf. Yeah, he wanted to play golf. So yeah. Then mahjong. <laughs> yeah, then no, he doesn't. He doesn't play mahjong. Not anymore. <laughs> but I thought it was very interesting because, like, in America, the Wii very much became the Netflix machine in in the U.S. after like Wii Sports had kind of died down. And like we fit, uh, it kind of petered off. Then it, it basically just became Netflix, which until this year, 2015, wasn't even in Japan. So <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't even a thing in Japan at all. It was that's maybe maybe that's why the Wii died off faster in Japan than any. I mean, streaming because... stuff really wasn't very big here at all at that time. At the same time, it was blowing up in America. I mean, it's just really basically started to blow up over the past year or two, really. And they, Nintendo tried to do the whole, you know, trying to get something as successful as Netflix. I mean, like the everybody votes. And they had their uh, own, could, like, video channel could, or something, too. That was, like, a streaming thing. It was free. Right. They had, like, movies like Beethoven 3 and... <laughs> yeah. 
all free free stuff. It's just like weird stuff that was there was um you could order food. Do you yeah. remember that? There was a channel where you could order food that was only in Japan. Yeah, they still have that was, on Wii U too. Yeah, I mean there were there were so many things that like apps and stuff that were, you know, they were trying to get, you know, the non gamer to keep playing the Wii. Right. You know, and do anything on the Wii and nothing I don't think anything took off as well as, you know, Netflix in the West. Yeah. Um but yeah. That was just another thing where yeah, very, very Japanese focused again, yet again. Yep. So yeah, that brings us to uh, Nintendo's last ever console that they'll ever build. No, <laughs> uh, the, the current console. I mean, Wii U. Um, worst name ever. Obviously, everyone knows that by now. Probably named by a Japanese person. <laughs> um, My girlfriend did not know it was its own console. She thought it was an expansion pack to the Wii. Yep, I had to explain to my wife for several months about, <laughs> no, no, seriously, it's a different thing. That's why we need to spend, you know, 300 pounds on this thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what do you guys think? The the Wii U, was it made for Japan? I mean, I would make the argument that the gamepad range, the fact that it's only, you know, a few meters, you know, you can play it all around your house. No, you can't, not in the yeah. West. I mean, with brick buildings, you know, you can't go more than one room away. Yeah. But in Japan paper-thin wooden walls, you can... Well, I don't know about you guys, but I can play it in pretty much every room in my house. In my old apartment that I just moved from, like, it, it, it was an apartment and stuff, and it was, like, brick and stuff, but... And on, at one time, I was like, oh, I wonder if I go into the bathroom if I can watch Netflix on my <laughs> gamepad, and I couldn't, because, like, the way the apartment was set yeah, up. Yeah, I can't either. But I haven't tried it in my new house yet, so I don't know. You haven't tried it? No. God, I, dude, let's watch... Use my iPad or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. How's the Wi-Fi connection for that? Much better, I say. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. I mean, just the whole concept. I mean, I mean, lots of people complain. Like, why would you need like a gamepad to play games on? You know, I could just play it on my big screen TV. But like, lo- lots of Japanese houses only have one big TV, right. and it's it's actually rarer to have you know for children to have tvs in their bedrooms and i think that's quite a common thing in the west yeah i mean i know i i had a tv in my room since i was like i don't know 14 i was in like fourth grade (laughs) yeah since since the mega drive like actually no we had from the atari we had a shit really old tv for yeah as long as i can remember we've had a tv in my bedroom but it, it is less common in japan i don't i don't know why that is it's probably because japanese houses are so small like most people live in apartments so it's like it would just seem very kind of selfish or like i don't know like um unsociable kind of wasteful to, too, to, I guess. and yeah and wasteful to have a tv literally two meters from a massive tv where all your family is sitting <laughs> so it's like um i mean i'm sure there are probably hikikomori type people who do have their their own 32 inch plasma in their bedroom ignoring the rest of their family <laughs> but that's not everybody right. <laughs> so Probably Nintendo were thinking, you know, oh, you know, we need to make this thing where, you know, you, the kids can still play on their Wii or the Wii U while dad is watching his baseball or sumo wrestling on TV. Uh, it's, what is this, the 1980s? <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. In Japan, it doesn't change. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I, I saw like a picture of one of those like, you know, you know, you have those kind of like a picture of the decade kind of thing, you know, like what this is what a 1970s living room looked like in america yeah. you know? this is what it looked like in the 50s you know it's like oh wow they had the oh yeah i remember those you know 
I remember the VHSs, but in Japan, it literally like from the eighties to like two thousand and ten, <laughs> nothing changed. Like literally, it was like literally nothing changed. It's like there's two guys, you know, they're kneeling on some tatami mats with a game con- with a game controller in the hand, and there's like you know there's a there's a TV in the the window is very very thin and rattling and the kitchen's got like a gas stove and it's like that, nothing's changed in 30 years that's my apartment <laughs> the tv the shape of the tv that's about it the shape of the tv that's about it yeah um so <laughs> yeah anyway so what was i saying yeah the wii yeah, the wii u right i mean very much a japan thing i would i would say um which is why it's caused such frustration you know in the west it's like you know why does it have this freaking expensive control i don't need it you know i'm a single guy who lives on my own i don't have a social life or friends <laughs> i i just want a controller in the console you know but you know in japan you, it's kind of hard to be antisocial when you're living with your family <laughs> it's like you know you know you can't have the whole tv to yourself you know so i don't know i think people would usually play console games after school and then when their dad came home or whatever when it was dinner time that would be the time to stop playing yeah. i think that was the thinking and at least anyway that was kind of like how um, it was but, when i was a little kid i mean I, that makes sense if you're in a situation like that for sure but yeah like you said so then, in the west yeah. it's just not like that no just going into your own bedroom yeah. and just you know ignore you everybody for as long as yeah ignore everybody and play as long as you want <laughs> dinner time <laughs> i'm not hungry okay which is interesting because splatoon is crazy popular right now in japan and that's very much uh you know you need the whole tv to yourself oh yeah you know but maybe that's why you tend to see more players at night because mm. <laughs> people are playing it you know after their families have gone to bed or something. <laughs> I don't know. yeah and then something that we've touched on many times on the on the famicast is the fact that the gamepad does look like a karaoke machine um, you know, the, the controller. Oh, the yeah. That, I never picked up on that. It is a friggin' karaoke yeah. pad. Yeah. And, you know, in fact, it comes with a pre-installed karaoke game. It's uh, <laughs> also another thing. Right? That was and a day pay. one feature. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. I think it was yeah, so much if, later. If you ever go to a karaoke place in Japan, any of you all listeners, like, you sit down in the booth, they give you a little, like, a Wii U pad <laughs> yeah. to, to tap out your things. Like, now that you said it, I cannot unsee how much this is a, this is a karaoke yeah, pad in my yeah. hands. That's incredible. But unfortunately, they haven't really, you know, use utilized that aspect very much. I mean, I mean, even now people are still wondering why the gamepad was made that way and why there still aren't that many games that use it very well and the games that do, I mean, they could easily be adapted to not use the game yeah, i mean you might you could argue mario maker Zombie U, for example well, isn't mario maker is probably like one of the best ways to that they've used the controller i mean you could do it without yeah. it but that would be yeah stupid. yeah mario maker would be painful without the game yeah i think be dumb. Uh, very painful but um aside from that um i mean even like zombie U, people said you know zombie U couldn't be done on any console ever and it's now it's out on everything <laughs> yo the, the pad that? use in that game was terrible it was just so arbitrary yeah. and forced, and and also it wasn't. It's a you know because it's a resistive touch. You know the dragging and dropping items just doesn't work very well. Hmm. Um, you know. Bad idea. So with all those things in mind, all this kind of Japanese focus, you know, 
now things have ch- has thing has things changed will the nx be any different i mean i'm going to say no i mean the 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 director of the company has changed but it's a guy called uh kimishima there's a hint in the title he's a japanese dude he's old and he's wrinkly and he's gray and he's japanese which is the same as uh you know as as the until the beginning of time you know anyone who owns a japanese business is going to be an old wrinkly japanese guy <laughs> That's just the fact. It's the way of life. Well, Iwata, you could, yeah, Iwata was pretty cool. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. I, you know, I think with some of the, I think actually the opposite of what you do, James, because if you look at some of the moves that they've made, teaming up with DNA, getting at least online. A Japanese company. Well, but still getting online infrastructure (laughs) out of their hands because they know they can't do it into a company that actually has success doing this type of thing. I th- in the Japanese smartphone <laughs> company. Come on. I think it's a good sign. I think Nintendo realizes that they have to think outside of Japan. But at the same time, I mean, they don't want to abandon their handheld market and stuff like that. So they're going to try to find some kind of a, 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 a good balance between that, I would like to think. We'll see how it actually hits. It's, it's really hard to tell. But I like the direction that they're going right now, and I think it looks pretty positive. Well, yeah, yeah, DNA are Japanese, and they, you know, they focused on Japan, but they they do have global success, right? They have made apps that have been popular elsewhere. Sure. But um, I don't know. I mean, the 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 Nintendo account that they've just um, pushed out is only in Japan at the moment. Right. Um, and they, you know, why isn't if it's supposed to be this global thing that you know? connects everything together why isn't it worldwide at the same time yeah, you know it's... like like pokemon was pokemon was released globally at the same day right <clears throat> that was a good sign but then you know this wasn't uh, fair fair enough true um that's that's kind of a little bit of a warning sign for but me it, and also it could just be like I, a, I mean with, with the... it hasn't also it also hasn't solved the region locking thing because i mean i like to log in i like to be logged in on my european Miiverse because I can read comments that people have done in Mario Maker very quickly, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm logging into my Japanese one because I was checking, like, like I mentioned earlier, I was checking the discounts, you know, checking my coupons on the Japanese one, and it's like, ah, oh, now it doesn't work, and it's like, oh, I've got to log out, and I, and I've saved my password on it, so it like auto logs in on the Japanese one. Now I'm like, shit, I need to delete the auto login thing and change <laughs> it back to the. It's like fucking annoying as hell, and it's like nothing has changed there. So, even though this Nintendo account will be a lot better than what we've had in the past, you know, it's still region locked up the wazoo, which is annoying. True. But, yeah. White guy in Japan problems, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think I can guess what Ty's going to say, but... uh, (laughs) Man. (laughs) Ty, any hopes for the NX? Well, as far as the hardware goes... I mm, I actually don't care about like the the hardware design or the controller design so much as their ability to put out good games and uh <laughs> Fair enough. I I was pretty disappointed with what they put out on the Wii U so far like you know I mean it, you can put out a good game on Virtual Boy they did it was Wario Land that game was fucking great <laughs> and you know and that that One system was a piece of shit that like ruined your fucking brain. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Wii U, True. you know, it's not that weird. But 
you know, I was I was kind of let down by the core games like uh, Mario Kart and Smash Brothers. I didn't think they were all they could be. Yeah. So, like, if they put out, like, a really good game that's, you know, 10 out of 10 must play, you know, I'll buy anything just to get at that super good game. And that's what I want. Well, Mario Maker. Good games. <laughs> Mario Maker and Splatoon. I was going to say, yeah, those. I, I mean, <laughs> that's what we'd say. I mean, two games that you don't have. Uh, Mario Maker is better than Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Splatoon is better than Smash Brothers. I said it. <laughs> yeah, but is Splatoon better than Halo 5? I don't know. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I can't I, even tell I, if you're I, trolling. I Wii U for a handful of Wii U games. I still haven't bought an X1, so I'll give the Wii U this, this round. Splatoon, better than Halo 5. Um, I said it. Yeah. I can't even tell if Ty was trolling there. Of course Splatoon's, Splatoon's I, I don't even know if I'm Halo trolling 5. anymore. Like, <laughs> I, first person shooters what? peaked in 1999, right? <laughs> I don't really give a shit. I think John Linderman would be a good guy to ask that question, actually, because he has both those games, hmm. Halo 5 and Splatoon. So, but um, so yeah, DNX. I mean, from what from all we've heard, you know, it's going to be some kind of you know portable thing. I mean, even that recent uh, patent that we saw, that kind of uh, curved screen with the controller built into the screen, kind of thing, hmm. um, was a portable looking thing. Uh, I mean, you can't look into patents as being you know that's what the final thing is going to look like definitely yeah. you know actually mm -hmm. i think that's a good idea it's uh if you can combine the strengths of the home console and a portable you can uh, have a device that people will actually want to take with them something that's that the compete dream, with cell it? phones yeah. i think they still want to compete against cell phones yeah and, and uh, i mean yeah, I, I do like that idea of having, like, the controller, like, in the screen kind of thing. It's like, because they did that, was it they bought out a company or they bought, like, some screens, like, the curve, like, not curve screen, but, like, a, a screen that can be any shape, basically, like an oval-shaped screen, and that's what the, the patent was using. It was, like, um, basically, like, you know, like a Mario World-looking thing, like a 3D Mario World thing, but, like, <laughs> this kind of, like, circular man. It's like Circular Man 3D um, <laughs> and the buttons. And it ha also had the touchscreen buttons, which look like would change per on a game basis, which I thought was um, pretty cool. So it would be cool if it was something like that. And then obviously when you're playing on the big screen, then that screen turns off and you're just playing on the TV, right? That would make sense. Um, so is that influenced by Japanese, pop uh, you know, like the Japanese uh, way of thinking? Probably because... And like we've said many times, you know, portable is king, uh, smartphones are king, especially iPhones. Uh, people don't play console games anymore. And the PS4 is not even doing as well as the Wii U. Well, it's, in, yeah, but it's in really Japan. close. It's pretty close, right? Um, but that's not really saying, isn't it? Like, is it 2 million? They're, 2 point something million? They're both million? about like 2.5, basically, or something. Yeah, which is pretty embarrassing. <laughs> On both on both sides. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if Splatoon sold a million units in Japan, we found that out recently. Yes. Um, oh, we didn't say it in news, but there's going to be like a Splatoon concert, right? Celebrating that next year <laughs> with real life Squid Sisters. That sounds frightening. <laughs> oh God. Um, so that means that like Splatoon almost has like you know one to two tie ratio. <laughs> That's like unbelievable. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. That is crazy. But um, so yeah portable stuff 
Japanese stuff will probably influence the NX design. Yeah. Um, if you ask me, and you just got to hope that that also is works out in the West. <laughs> yeah. Because nothing in their history, as we found out, um, indicates anything that they focused on anything other than Japan first, and then cross your fingers for the rest of the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically what it looks like and i can't see any drastic changes to the the direction of the company i mean it sounds like kimishima is pretty much following what iwata laid out um i don't think he's gone on record as saying you know like i'm gonna flip up and you know tea tails and fuck shit up <laughs> you know, yeah yeah i i really got that impression that was why he was hired and placed in that position in the first place was like just Keep keep the road for the moment until we sort this out. I mean, uh, who's the guy that took over Steve Jobs? Uh, Tim something. Oh, um, um, uh, Tim, Cook. Tim Cook. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he even looks like Steve Jobs for Christ's sake. I mean, nothing. <laughs> it's just kind of continuing what they've been doing, and um, you know, I like Apple products, but like even me, it's like starting to get some kind of stale staleness to what they're releasing right now is like you know minor updates to everything and um so i hope that nintendo doesn't do that i hope they can kind of mix things up a little bit you know with the nx i hope they do go crazy and it is something that you know no one could expect and you know it does do well that's my hope anyway mm -hmm. yeah so yeah <laughs> that was the that was the ultimately that's what i wanted to achieve within an hour of the telethon but now i realize yeah that would have been freaking impossible <laughs> <laughs> sorry for my bad planning yeah you're forgiven there you go so all right we'll take one more quick break here and then we're going to come back with our next little segment here before we end up closing the show out so stay tuned Top 10 Games of the Year. And uh, we're not going to do this as like a thing where we go through and talk about what we think is the best game, even if we've only played it for like 10 minutes. No, we've actually went through the trouble of going, or at least for our Nintendo systems, um, going through and tallying up you know, what apps slash games that we have used and basically the, the, the count on that and all that type of stuff. So... Um, we're going to kind of go and do that. And actually, hmm, maybe we should save the best for last. So, Ty, you'll go last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cyrus, uh, how about you go ahead and kick it off by telling us what, well, talking about your 3DS playtime and what you played the most. Cool. So, my 3DS, I was looking, I was actually, this is really interesting for me that when, uh, when James suggested it to, like, go through and check out my playtimes, because... I played quite a few games on and off on my trains, so uh, none of them have huge play times. Like five hours is kind of the mm -hmm. usual, but start. I'll go with the ones where like the top eight were kind of like ten hours each. But uh, I played Pokemon Rumble, that free mm -hmm. Pokemon game, for ten hours. <laughs> nice, I was nice. shocked to Jesus see. Christ! Uh, and at ten hours, I realized this is a piece <laughs> of shit, and it was promptly deleted. Took you ten hours? It's just that. 
Yeah, that game was just like random number generator the game with fucking microtransactions. <laughs> and, uh... But, yeah, it was kind of terrible and I'm embarrassed that I played that. But my next... I played Sonic the Lost World. Uh, it was my traveling game when I was going oh to Ishigaki. I played on all my airplanes. <laughs> and, uh... That game, I'll tell you, is like... It's 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 a cool game, but it sticks in motion controls where it has no business putting motion controls. <laughs> and uh, I like in the the special zones, you like fly around the place, and you're you have to use the gyroscope to aim Sonic as you're flying around. I played the free de- uh, I played I, the free demo of that, and I felt ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> I actually lo- I thought the full game was actually very good. It had a few rough spots, but. Playing those uh, those flying segments in the middle of an airport, just standing like a dope in the corridors, flying around the place, that was good fun. And uh, so next, I played Shantae and the Pirate's Curse for 10 hours, which is a mm-hmm. great game, and I recommend it to anybody. Nice. Cool. Um, I played Skylanders, the original Skylanders, for 12 hours. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in, in like Toys R Us, they were discounted everything it was like we will pay you to take Skylanders off our hands <laughs> is, it, is this is this all from so, your Japanese 3DS by the way this is kind of mixed okay. in but um, it's kind of half and half okay. so Skylanders are Japanese okay. then I only played Smash for 13 hours <laughs> because Smash actually came out last year so I just kind of dabble into it every now and then <laughs> on the trains uh, I played Shovel Knight for 16 hours and nice my my top game, which I count as my official top game, though it is not my most played, because my most played is embarrassing in the extreme, but I played Link, uh, Zelda Link Between Worlds for 19 okay. hours. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. yeah, and I really enjoyed that game. Super, super easy, but really, really hmm. enjoyable. And uh, my top game... Give a guess. What game would I be embarrassed is my top played game most hours? AKB48, uh, My Happy Tour, uh, whatever it was. No? No, man. Disney Infinity. Uh, no, man. I would be happy with both of those. Any suggestions, Ty? What would be my embarrassing top played 23-hour game? Um, On 3DS? On 3DS. I don't know, man. What is it? <laughs> Pokemon uh-huh. Shuffle. Uh, yeah. Poke, is it Poke <laughs> Yeah, in Japanese. That's yeah, that one. The now the, on like, smartphones. The like match three free yes. to play game. So I don't know how in God's name I played that game for twenty three mm. hours, but apparently mm. I did. So Jesus impressive. Christ. Yeah. So okay, I'll. I'm sorry. I'll go next. Um, I got. I've only got a top seven because um. All the rest are just apps or demos that, you know, I barely played for more than a minute. <laughs> so it's not worth talking about it. Um, but number seven, uh, Super Mario Land, uh, the virtual console uh, release. Uh, only played it half an hour. <laughs> um, but I think I, I think I completed it like twice in that 30, 30 minutes because it's a very short game. Uh, next was the Picross 3D2 demo, mm-hmm. which I played for almost an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of content in that for a demo. Mm-hmm. I think you get pretty much like the first two worlds or something for for free, which um, which is great. And uh, next is the Triforce uh, Heroes uh, Beta, mm-hmm. which I played for almost exactly an hour. Uh, well, yeah, because <laughs> that hour was the only time allotted, right, for the online thing. Right. 
Um, next was uh, Mighty Switch Force, uh, which I played for just over an hour. Um, probably cleared it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Cyrus talked about. It. Uh, yeah, I think we both talked about it in various different episodes. And then uh, number three is is a Pokitoru, the uh, Pokemon. What's it called? Shuffle. Shuffle. Mm-hmm. Which I played for two hours and fifty minutes. Uh, I can't believe I played it for that long. <laughs> and that is embarrassing. Two hours is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, almost a tenth as long as. I think I played it up to the point when I realized, you know, you can't go any further without spending money, or without waiting a lot. At least, yeah. At least I never paid. A, oh, you a didn't. Oh, okay. That Slightly less play. embarrassing. <laughs> and then next is a huge jump in time because it's actually a good game. Um, Steam World Dig. <laughs> Uh, nine and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love that game. Talked about it probably for a couple of episodes. Yeah, great game. Uh, great game. Uh, great commute game. And then number one, uh, no surprise to anybody, it's uh, Hackle Boy okay, Box cool. Boy. Uh, played it for almost eleven hours. Oh, nice. um, uh, recently had Guillaume on RFN talk about that. Um, box, uh, sorry, Box Boy. I should have mm-hmm. said yeah, Box Boy, Hackle Boy as it's known here. Um, yeah, fantastic game. Um, and easily my favorite game on the 3DS of uh, this year. Um, did it actually come out this year? Like really? Yeah, early yeah. This year? It came out. I mean, yeah. it came out in Japan really early. Then it came out in the West like about a month later or so. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, so that's my 3DS top seven. Yeah, for me, actually, I have seven if you include the Street Pass Plaza. Uh, no, if, don't. If we don't, that. then no. <laughs> so at the bottom of my list, uh, Picross 3D2. Uh, I played the full version for only about four hours and twenty minutes. So I, I still want to play some more. I just haven't played. And, oh, it could be your wife as well. Yeah, and so, so I think some of that was her. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there we go. I can cheat. Um, and then, actually, Box Boys next on mine. Seven hours, 22 minutes. And that was yeah, mostly me. Like he said, fantastic game. And uh, next, <laughs> I guess I liked it more than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. I think I, I – there's uh, – yeah. <laughs> uh, Super Smash Brothers for 3DS then is next on my list. Nine hours, 16 minutes. A lot of that is doing like street pass stuff for me, <laughs> um, which I actually I'm, it wasn't on my list because I'm, I couldn't separate between last year and this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You can. Well, it's it's probably like on my on my top ranking, but like I don't know how many hours I played it only this year. Oh, okay, okay. If you know what I mean. Oh, duh, I, I see what you're out. saying. Oh my god. Oh no, no, I can six hours. Okay. So that probably would put it like round about number three right. for me. Sorry. Um, you know, Pokemon Shuffle, That this game must be better than what we all think because I played it quite a bit as well. I played it for 10 hours and 17 minutes. And Dang, man, I don't feel so bad. Yeah, no, 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 no. idiots. You know, up to that point, I, was, I felt pretty good about it. I, I was having a lot of fun. I think I got to a monster where I probably needed to have a certain one to help me defeat it. And it was just getting to the point where it's like, okay, I fucking hate this game now. And I just quit. Um but then, yeah, next on my list, Rhythm Tengoku, the best plus. Again, that's Rhythm Heaven. The best plus is probably what's going to be called in the West if it actually comes out. Uh, I got some help with my wife on this one, uh, clocking it at 13 <laughs> hours, 13 minutes. And, um, yeah, it, great game. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, my number one game is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D, oh. 37 hours, 56 minutes. Wow. <laughs> so. Man, I think going ham on the majority. Yeah, did I get? I think I got all the masks and all that stuff. Everything. Um, Good job. So, a lot of fun. And then total for just 3ds in general. This is including everything. 33 titles, 102 hours and 30 minutes this year for me on 3ds. I was probably down from the last few. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I usually had like over 200. Um, yeah. 
with things like friendly default and whatever. We're, we're, we're kind of skipping Ty because we were assuming that he hasn't actually turned it on in like three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like uh, my 3DS like, is literally busted. It does not work. <laughs> Jesus. So let's move on to the good stuff. Yeah, so Ty, yeah, how about Woo. you pick that up again for the Wii U? Okay, so uh, my Wii U is quite new. I only got it like midway through this year. And mm-hmm. I only own five games for it, four of which I have played. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, rounding at the bottom of my list is Fast Racing Neo. I've only played for two hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I imagine I will get a lot more out of that next year. Then third place is Smash with 17 hours on console. Then probably a lot more once Bayonetta hits too. Then Splatoon was 31 hours. Mm-hmm. so And 28 of that was in the month it released. I stopped playing it after that because <laughs> I, had to, I had to delete Splatoon to make room for Disney Infinity. <laughs> so, uh, so my Splatoon You, you kept the save up. file, right? No, I couldn't. You can't keep the save file? You can't. Once you, uh, I have to delete everything, man. so I have to unlock everything again. That's oh, a oversight there. That's stupid, man. I'm man. Yeah, stupid. Is that true? Really? You can't keep it? Yeah, you Weird. can't. It's attached to your game update data and stuff. So, hmm. so yeah, my Splatoon will have to come back at some point. But for uh, for Disney Infinity, rocked in at 80 hours. <laughs> Jesus <Wow>. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like me some Disney. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's your number one, one of four. <laughs> one of four games on my Wii U. Okay. Eight zero and, and Bay- Bayonetta is still on zero. Bayonetta is still zero. zero. I almost played it last week. That's something. So that counts. I will clear. I will de- totally finish that early next year. I really want to play it now. <laughs> cool. But yeah, that's my Who's next? life. Cool. Well, uh, James, how about you go next, man? Yeah, I actually broke the data down in two different ways. I, I looked down and looked at my most played game of each month. Yeah, I did too. And then, and then I did the most played um, overall in total. And I had to minus some hours off because some hours were from last year. I actually got my Wii U a year ago, um, like in December mm-hmm. uh, last year. So it's my one-year anniversary with it. Um, so, yeah, uh, number 10 uh, is DK64. <laughs> <laughs> um, I played this for review. Um, and, yeah, it was uh, very much unchanged <laughs> to what it was back and when I played it originally and when I got every single banana God. I didn't get every single banana this time mm-hmm. obviously not with only seven and a half hours um, next is another virtual console game uh, Link to the Past mm-hmm. I played that for just under eight hours mm-hmm. and I didn't finish it and I kept on promising I would go back to it and I didn't but uh, <laughs> yeah obviously what else can you say about Link to the Past it's a fantastic game right but, you know, new games came out, so what are you going to do? Sure. Uh, next one, I had to take a few hours off because I played it uh, some, like, last Christmas. Um, so, But this year alone, I played New Super Mario Brothers U for eight hours. Um, but, yeah, those were eight hateful hours that I was just, you know, grinding my teeth to get to the end so I could, you know, just check it off a list in my head. 
brought to completed you, every Mario game lit checklist that I have in my head. Brought to you by our other sponsor, Quentin Tarantino, and his upcoming <laughs> movie, The Hateful Eight. The Hateful Eight. <laughs> in theaters, on Christmas Day in select theaters. Oh, man, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm getting that one in a plaque. Um, so, yeah, next number seven is Shovel Knight, uh, clocking in at uh, 11, uh, almost 11 and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've talked a lot about that. And, yeah, fantastic game, obviously. Um, next is Mario Kart 8. Um, I played for for about four hours last year, um, but this year, a total of 19 hours. So, yeah, that's my number six. Uh, 19 hours was Mario Kart. Obviously, got the DLC, and then the second DLC, which came out, like, whenever it was, April. So that kind of inspired me to go back and play it. Um... Uh, Mario Kart 8 never made my most played game of any month, though. Yeah, me too. Um, well, at all. Maybe I did, maybe it did for me. But uh, yeah, you kind of got your Wii U at a at a weird time. I mean, I, so I, that makes sense. But yeah, um, New Super Mario Brothers U, uh, which was my number eight, that did make my most played game back in May. Mm. But I guess May wasn't a good game, a good <laughs> month for games. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not until like Splatoon, but. Right, right, right. Um, but I didn't get that till later as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, next. Uh, number five is uh, Super Mario 3D World. Um, uh, tw- that's 21 hours, 45 minutes, almost 22 hours. Yeah, I freaking love that game. Um, that was my number one game in July. Um, I went pretty much ham, as Ty would say, in July on that game. <laughs> freaking loved it. Um Next is um, Batman Arkham Origins. <laughs> um, so this is my number four. Game of 2015 my... here, too. Yeah. <laughs> game of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was actually my most played game in February and June. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I played it for like eight hours. Of like, Well, yeah, a long time in February and uh, even longer in, in June when I picked it back up and tried to... I wanted to uh, complete it. Um, so, yeah, 23 hours with Batman um, to complete it. Um, yeah, it took me quite a while, but I, I was determined to finish it, and I did enjoy it in the end, despite all the glitches and everything. Sure. <clears throat> and then uh, next up was Smash, which I got with my system, because um, I got my system very late. Um, so I played it a hell of a lot in when I first got it and in January it was my top game in January uh, and April uh, I think this, the tournament the NWR tournament right uh, can it, when the hell was that it was probably March and April no wait yeah. April and May maybe yeah it was probably March April because yeah. Um, yeah I was probably like in training for that and then you know just yeah going full ham on uh, Smash so yeah I played that for well, I've played it for 41 hours in total, but um, for just this year alone, 29 hours hmm. this year. Hmm. And then we're up to number one and number two, which um, I'm sure everyone already knows. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, number two is Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. 72 hours. Damn, man. This year. Um, I would probably say a good chunk of that is with creating levels. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but also, you know, I've been playing a lot of levels or two. So yeah, um, 
<laughs> what else can you say about Mario Maker? You know, you can easily put a lot of time into Mario Maker right. just making levels. Oh yeah. So it's probably where. Yeah, I was you know, pretty curious to see which would be top of your list, Mario. Yeah, or it, it, it's it's close. It's not that close, but it is kind of close. Um, so yeah, obviously Splatoon is number one um, by by nine hours, uh, eighty-one hours mm. uh, in Splatoon. <laughs> And Splatoon has been my fi- uh, top-ranked game since August when I got it. Um, oh, no, sorry. August, September, November, and December was my top-played game. Hmm. October, when Mario Maker came out, um, I played that a lot more. So, yeah, Splatoon, my game of 2015. Hmm. And probably in my top ten of all time, hmm. somewhere along those. i probably say that. Cool. Boom. Well, uh, I'll kind of... I'll... Well, I'll I'll go next year and I'll go kind of quickly. Um, this isn't this is again this is last year's game, but on the bottom of my list here for Wii U is Mario Kart Eight. I've played for a grand total of nineteen minutes this year. Um, <laughs> Mine was nineteen hours. Yeah, by well, the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, between this and Smash Brothers, and I think Ty kind of touched on this too. I I think I think they're they're good games, but there's just something about it that makes me feel like it's good, but this isn't. This is something that I've done before, and it doesn't feel really that fresh. Compared it's not to, fresh. Well, compared to other things like maybe Mario Maker and Splatoon, um, which, I don't know, that's kind of why this year, for 2015, I've enjoyed this year gaming on Nintendo platforms, and I have for, well, on Wii U in particular, for uh, quite a bit. But um, anyways, next up on my list is uh, Ninja Gaiden, uh, the original version. What? I played through for... Four hours and twenty nine minutes. So, um, yeah, I think I'm I've saved stated at the final boss. <laughs> Good on yeah. you. Three hours in the first stage. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe. Um, <laughs> then after that, for Smash Brothers, mainly for the NWR tournament, I'm about six, six hours and thirty three minutes. Um, you see, that's why we lost, Danny. No, I didn't. You only practice put six at all. hours in. Hey, I did not practice at all. I think the day I put twenty nine hours of training into that. A good. Jesus, congratulations. Christ, Hey! Still lost? <laughs> my fault. Him? my fault? Maybe. Uh, next up, though, on my list is uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. Um, I, oh, nice. Yeah, I played quite a bit of it. 13 hours, 26 minutes. Uh, I didn't go through and try to get everything. I just played through it, got to the final boss, saw the credits, and I was like, yeah, that's good enough. This, this is a fun game. And um, compared to Kirby, the Rainbow Curse, which I still haven't even played, and I bought it last January. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But uh, next on my list is Super Mario Maker after that. And uh, that nice. clocks in at 33 hours and 25 minutes. Nice. So, Pretty good. And then above that is Splatoon for me, 36 hours, 27 minutes, just a little bit more uh, than Mario Maker. And then for me, the big one, as some of you that already listened to the podcast probably know, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, 82 hours and 22 minutes. <laughs> I remember in May, <laughs> I played... 61 hours and 22 minutes. So it's basically <laughs> in a, one month? Yeah, in one month. Wow. Basically playing at least two hours a day, but sometimes, like, you know, on a weekend or something, when I'm not editing a podcast, like eight hours, because I just wanted to get through it. And actually, between, like, Hulu and Splatoon that month, I, like, was on my Wii U for, like, 95 hours. <laughs> but, wow. yeah, total for me, for Wii U playtime with everything, this is including, like, Hulu and Netflix and all that, 430 hours and 17 minutes. <laughs> wow. Total time Impressive. on both Nintendo systems, 532 hours and 55 minutes. 
lives wasted. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and, good times. Yeah. Last Ty, how about you, buddy? Oh shit! Are you ready for some <laughs> I'm numbers? Ready, to X, ready for the X Bone train? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. for, first, I'll talk about the Wii U. Okay. Oh, you do have a Wii U list? Wow. Yeah, I checked it out. I uh, I played two games this year on Wii oh, boy. U. I played Smash Brothers for 42 hours and 28 minutes. Wow. Oh, wow. You beat me. Yeah. You beat my total. My total is like 14 hours. Wow. <laughs> okay. As, that was only this year? You did, did you play it at all last year? Yeah. That, that was all this year. That was all this year. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Splatoon, I played for... Uh, Total of four hours and twenty eight minutes. Now, as you remember, I don't actually own that game. That was all in the the beta test. Ah, mm. oh, right, right. Four hours on the beta. How did you do that? I I don't know. A couple times. Uh, I pl- played a lot. I I do I do think I caught more of the beta test than you guys. Ah, did. Yeah, right, right. I only right, right. I, I only got about two hours on the beta test, but I didn't I did not include that on my time. Right. There was like one morning where I got up at like four or five. <laughs> oh yeah. <to> play. <laughs> I'm only saying that. That helped out. All right. And that is it. <laughs> the Wii U. I've literally not turned it on in the last four months except to get these stats. <laughs> now, let's talk about Xbox One. This year, I have played my Xbox One for 2,029 hours. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's look at some numbers here. I'm going to start with the bottom here. Uh, well, bottom of my top six. I played Shovel Knight for... One day, 12 hours, so 36 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, played Rare Replay for one day, 19 hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think, like, the, the games that are actually on 360, they're probably tallied separately. Uh-huh. Like, if you pick, like, you know, Banjo-Kazooie or whatever, it boots you out of the game and puts you in Banjo-Kazooie as a separate thing. Okay. So I don't know about that. Uh, Xbox activity log not as good as we use confirmed and we use isn't really that good anyway compared to 3DS <laughs> that's true it's pretty good there's actually uh, some in-depth stats when you uh, check out your game stuff it, it compares with all your friends how many do's yeah. have you downed playing games <laughs> how yeah. many do parts you got <laughs> yeah actually I can load this up real quick uh, well, next game is Fallout 4. I played for three days and nine hours so far. Hmm. Yeah, and that game only just recently came out, so there's that. I don't understand days. How many hours is that? <laughs> it's 24 hours times three, so <laughs> that's what, 72, 81 hours. Okay, so are you, have you beaten Danny Xenoblade? He's getting it, dude. He's not even, he's gonna, it's no problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, because you're, you're done with Xenoblade, right? I'm done. It's over. Right. But he's still going, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I have no idea. It feels like I'm halfway through the story in Fallout wow. 4. Like, I'm dicking around a lot in that game. How many hours did you do in, in Xenoblade again? 82. And I, I was kind of going through kind of fast. Well, I think my Splatoon might overtake Danny's Xenoblade soon. Yeah. But I don't know if I'll be able to catch up to Ty. It depends how much he plays Fallout and how much I play Splatoon. On, on right. PC, I did 72 hours in Borderlands, too. That's another. That's probably my longest one. Doesn't count. Yeah. All right. Okay, next game, uh, number three on my list, is uh, State of Decay. 
I played for five days, thirteen hours. Wow. In the, that's uh, actually separate from the Xbox 360 version, where I probably did probably at least one and a half times that. <laughs> so that's like hundreds of hours now we're talking, right? Yeah, hundreds of hours. That's a really good game. I like it a lot. Uh, all right, next. Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh boy! Any guesses? Two hundred. Yeah, what it was? Days. Was, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, six. Six days. Six days, two hours. So what is that in hours? I'm gonna calculate right here. Six times twenty-four plus two. One hundred and forty-six hours. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I get a feeling the tie is in a slightly different league than the rest of us when it comes to how yeah. much we This guy's this guy's a pro. Like we're, we're only we're only at number dies number like three and it's like already like double mine. <laughs> double like the entire list of like all of our games combined. Okay, are are you ready to cringe? Yeah. Are you ready for Killer Instinct? Oh god, <laughs> it's gotta it's gotta be like a week or something, right? I'm, uh, I'm a guessing month. like three hundred hours. Uh, uh, oh god, days. you guys, thirty uh, days. Okay. Well, this number is actually combined this year and last year. It doesn't have just this year. Oh, uh, so you can cut this number in half, maybe. <laughs> has it been but... out for two years now? Like, when did it yeah, come Yeah, it was an Xbox launch game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Oh, so it's going to be like a month then, isn't it? It's going to be like 30 days. Yeah, that... No, it's going to be more than that. <laughs> what? <laughs> more than 30 days. Jesus Christ. It's 49 days and 9 hours. <laughs> And you've done some statistical breakdown, right? Uh, per day. Yeah, like uh, just on Xbox One, I, I've played. Uh, I guess it averages six hours a day and change. God, <laughs> since you were born. It was. Uh, no, just for this year. Forty-nine days plus. Uh, forty-nine days plus nine hours. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. the nine hours that does it, right? That's that's yeah, the disgusting like, part. It's like a thousand two hundred hours ish. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, if you divide that in half, I mean that's a it's like hell of a lot of gaming. Something hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's the one true game. Real terrifying. That's what it fucking is. <laughs> you so, know, this list doesn't have my three sixty games. I I think there's a couple that would rank. Wow. Uh. So do you, think, a... uh, do you think it was worth buying an X-Bone for a Killer Instinct tie? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's the one true game. Yeah. And... No, it sucks. I played 49 <laughs> hours and I hate it. Yeah. Like, did Ooh. you see that, that Steam review of the, the guy that played a game for 1,600 hours and left a negative review? <laughs> what? It was on Scrub Quotes. Wow. <laughs> well, there you go. That's why we're doing this uh, top 10 in this, this fashion, right? Yeah, because, baby. Uh, you don't want to out yourself as an idiot yes. by saying you hate it but you actually played it I don't it loads. know Ty has already admitted to playing 1200 hours of Killer Instinct let's not t- take away the idiot card just quite yet <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game was, wait was it, so was that your number one Ty? yeah absolutely okay I was going to say what the hell could be above that <laughs> yeah. I, I quit Warcraft years ago okay <laughs> number of uh, there's uh, some more breakdowns on the stats. Number of combo breakers, 13,192. <laughs> speaking, of, of, speaking of which, I think we need one right now to end this podcast. Probably. 
So uh, I'll tell you what. Please, we'll, we'll, in my suffering. Yes, we'll take one more quick break, and then we're going to close out the show. All right, and we got some feedback from you guys that we want to read out here on the air. And, um... Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and kind of read these off. Actually, this one comes from Luca, uh, a.k.a. Tyrion, on Twitter. It's a crack of dawn in Japan, but our guys there are rocking a great live Famicast. And uh, that was during the mm. NWR telethon. Uh, Luca, who comes on every year uh, <laughs> at some point on the show, uh, very much appreciated. Uh, cool guy. Yeah, he got on the the live show, didn't he? Yep. I think he, he was on the uh, shenanigans at the end. Yep, yep, yep. Great guy, and uh, I sometimes play Splatoon with him. Cool, cool. Uh, I don't really know much of the context behind this next one. Maybe, James, you can fill me in. But this, it, it... Oh, yeah, this wasn't this in the last episode. Um, we were debating why the PS4 oh. sold more ba- Battlefront. Yeah, way more Battlefront players than the others combined or something. Okay. So one of our listeners heard that episode, uh, Sil- Sebastian Silveria, at, at Freestar, and he said, um, this is why, and he sent a link to the special edition PS4s that look like, you know, Darth Vader. Right. Yeah, Basically, and once he said that, it was like, oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and they also come, don't they, I think those come with like a bunch of older games, like Super Star Wars and yeah, a couple of the other things, too. Play. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. So next, from our good buddy Richard O'Shea, uh, I should probably know if anyone on the Famicast is still in uh, Jet, uh, that's a teaching program, uh, but I'm not particularly perceptive. What? I'm not and never have been. I uh, am on the Jet program, present and accounted for. I'm not. There you go. Okay. Ty, were you ever? <laughs> I, uh, I'm just a regular old ALT. Yeah, I'm entering. I just signed up for my fifth and final year on Jet program. Okay. I was never in Jet, and now I can't be because I've been in Japan too long. But direct hire, it's a good way to go. True, st- true story. Yes. So next from Alan Haas. We're, get- <laughs> We're, getting Xenoblade- <laughs> <laughs> We're getting Xenoblade Chronicles X this week. This is around the time that it released in America and, and Europe. I don't think I ever heard you guys mention it. <laughs> what did you think of it? And, yeah, trust me, I spent like three or four episodes talking about it, and I, I directed Mr. Haas to the episodes that he should uh, go to and listen. And uh, if you haven't, just go back to like the May and uh, June episodes, and you can hear me uh, talk about it then. Great game, and if you haven't got it yet and you have a Wii U and you like RPGs, I know it's a lot of uh, <laughs> things there, but uh, yeah, it, it's a cool game. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to picking that up at some point, with yes. or without boob slider. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then uh, next from our good friend Seren McNulty, uh, haven't had a chance to watch or listen to episode 69 yet. How many jokes about the episode <laughs> number? <laughs> yeah, I don't. It, it didn't cross my mind when we were doing it, really. I was thinking Six, it the whole time. Yeah, I, I was probably... 69, dude! Yeah, I was probably That's think, a Bill and Ted joke. I was probably thinking it during the edit, but... Yeah, and then last up from Mr. Perry Burkham at, per, at P. Burkham on Twitter. Okay, short version. In Japan, pizza costs like 30 bucks and has corn and mayo on it. <laughs> Quote, Famicast. <laughs> Japanese pizza essential knowledge. Famicast 8. Hashtag. 
Yeah, I, I said uh, see Famagast episode 8 for pizza talk. Yes. Um... Vital knowledge. Don't order pizza unless you're ready to deal with the mayo and corn-based consequences. Wow. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, last weekend I ordered six pizzas from Domino's because I had a 50% coupon. It was only six <laughs> people. fucking moron. There were six people. Dude, it was like 4,500 yen for six, for six pizzas? pizzas? Yeah. Why not? Man, I well, eat six we, we're having a house party. Yeah, house party. What's that? Wait, did you have your house party without us? Yeah, uh, kind of, I guess. <laughs> it's just Awkward. I am horrified and without pizza because of this. I was gonna say if you, if you guys want to come over and watch American football, and sure, come on over. I am doubly horrified that you would then suggest this. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, um, we'll skip out on doing an extra musical break and actually close up the show because I know we're going a, a bit long here. And, um, this is our bumper Christmas episode, Danny. You got to give the uh, the fans, you know, their present. Yeah, I know. I all am punishment. wearing a Santa hat. Yes, they're getting quite a bit here. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But um, two two special features. Come on. Yes. So we're gonna go ahead and close it out for now. And uh, Twitter handles and stuff. If you want to follow me, Danny, on Twitter, you can do that. You can follow me at Danny Biv. And uh, James, how about you, dude? Yes, you can follow me at Family Complicated. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes, and uh, Ty. Super Cat Drugs. And you're now like tentatively titled Yule Cat Drugs or something? Right? Yes, the Yule Cat is an Icelandic myth. If you uh, <laughs> don't get new clothes before Christmas, the Yule Cat will come and wreck your shit. I need to get on that. <laughs> Sai, I'm how about wearing you, buddy? new pants. <laughs> good, good. You can find out all about my new pants uh, at Celsi on Twitter. Nice. All right. Well, like I said, that's going to do it for now. Stick around for an extra bonus segment about Star Wars uh, with me and James and possibly a special guest, depending on if we can make this all work out. So uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Happy New Year, all that stuff. Hope you guys enjoy the holidays. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next year. Peace. Bye. time we're actually well it's still the same crew from before minus ty because ty hates star wars and fun and all that type of stuff i killed ty and replaced him with someone better yes and uh returning for the first time in quite a while a uh, former fan favorite before cyrus was even mentioned on the podcast mr <laughs> josh pollock oh hey what's up dudes you mean i have i have seniority over the cyrus guy well maybe just by <laughs> this cyrus guy i like it seniority or something i don't well, know i've been around longer oh that's cool yeah i mean I on this it. planet longer maybe well obviously yeah, i'm like I'm the older. episode seven to your prequel trilogy <laughs> well, let's let's not 
Let's not go there. So, so Danny, we're on like hour four now of the podcast, and I'm getting pretty sleepy here. So should yeah. we uh, get a move on? Yeah, I think we should. So, um, <laughs> so obviously, like I discussed at the very end of the podcast, we're here to just talk about uh, the new Star Wars movie that came out, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: uh, The Force Awakens in Japanese. Star Wars Force no Kakuse. Um, Star Wars Force no Kakuse. The same thing. But um, and first, just the general question: When did you guys see this? The day after, nineteenth. Okay, okay. Because okay. I was working. Because I was. It's a Friday, and I'm freaking working. Dude, work. it starts at six thirty. They had late like, later night shows. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm, I, I'm, I'm like dead. I'm like dead after work. I just want to go home and die. So okay. I got, uh, Cyrus, the, how about... I got the eight p.m. showing on the Friday. Okay. I was at the six thirty nationwide Japanese premiere wow. on Friday. Yeah, and I went later that night at the same theater. Actually, at about nine thirty stuff so yeah i looked for you when i exited the theater i looked for you to spoil everything but you weren't there <laughs> i'm not that kind of guy don't worry about that okay but yeah i saw it i got home from work uh friday in the afternoon because my job is criminally easy and uh and i didn't have tickets or anything and i'm like huh sure it would be nice to see star wars before everyone on the internet ruins it for me and i thought no way it's it's still available it's probably sold out but i just went to the mall and uh got a ticket just like that like two hours before the show and i had a very very similar experience because like um on the website i was trying to pre-book my ticket um the night before and the, the website was down and i was like oh shit you know people are just like bombarding it with um you know like trying to book their tickets online and i was like shit i'm not gonna i couldn't book it online so i just went to this cinema which is it's a bit of a trip it's like you know 20 20 25 minute um trip and i'm like oh fuck if i'm not going to be able to get tickets today i'm gonna have, you know see it another day and i got there and there's there was loads of spaces left <laughs> there's nothing to worry about they're all kind of at the front but you know i got as far back as i could and it was it was it was a good it was a good spot were you by yourself yeah had to go by myself because yeah um, me too and i found it was easier to get a seat in the back see i don't know if people are aware i think i think american theaters have started to do this with reserved seats but it's been that way in Japan for quite a while. When you buy a ticket to a movie, you can choose your seat based on what's available. And, um, you know, a lot of theaters in America is just first come, first serve, and then you have to... Well, <laughs> I should uh, also say that I, I actually had planned on seeing it with my friend on the Saturday, but um, he was like, oh, no, I've got some stuff to do. Can we go and see it, like, next weekend? I'm like, no. No. <laughs> no. Of course so I was not. like, dude, I'm seeing it on my own. If <laughs> this is your last chance. I'm going to go. He's like, all right, go and have fun. So I did. <laughs> I, I didn't even ask anyone. This was this was Cyrus alone time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I should mention that at the 6.30 premiere, which I think, was probably synchronized across the country because all the ads said premieres yeah. Friday night at 6.30. Uh, the, the usher came in several times and made announcements. And then at 6.30, the lights all went out. There was no ads, no oh, cool. trailers, nice. no nothing. The lights went out and the Lucasfilm logo came up and it just started. Nice. Which, I've never, which I never had that. Yeah, that's cool. I had so many adverts, like 20 minutes of the same advert, like three times at, uh, on occasion. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> And, and there, was the, a, there, there was actually the anti-piracy one twice. Oh, the guy, the, oh, yeah. the dan we actually dancing did. camera head? Yeah. yeah, the camera head guy. Yeah, and he and came up says, three times. No more. He mentioned it. Yeah, we had him over and over in our one. No, I was really happy to not have to sit through that. 
So yeah, I had to put my uh, you know phone away and stop recording it at that point because I was just getting <laughs> I was just bored of it. The adverts by that point. Right. So I thought I'd just throw a little bit of a warning out there too. This is going to be full of a lot of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, or... I think I think it's okay. You don't even have to say that because yeah. everyone <laughs> everyone in the world has either seen the movie or. Thanks to, you know, Yahoo, it's, it's already spoiled, so... There, there is always going to be one person who is somehow listening to this podcast and not seeing the movie, desperately trying to avoid spoilers. Right. Last chance, Han Solo dies. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was dead? <laughs> I thought he was going to get up and walk away from that. that so, let's actually... Yeah, let, but now that that's all out of the way, let's just go ahead and just start with general thoughts on the movie and stuff. And maybe I thought we can start things off on a bit of a... Well, actually, you know what? I thought we can do positive first, but let's get the negative stuff out of the way first. You so, want to do negative? Okay. I think so. That's going to be do, better. Are we going to talk about our past experiences with Star Wars and Japan later? We are. That's gonna, okay. We'll do that a little bit later. Okay. So negative things first. Yeah. Really? So, really? Yeah, really? yeah. All right. Negative things. Um... I haven't got much to say with this section, so... Really? Oh, man. I, well. I do have a, a few bullet points. Okay. Um, well, Josh, do you want to start off here with it, then? All right. I enjoyed... I, w- I was actually surprised by how much I enjoyed the new characters, and uh, even though you know they're not, like, super deep characters, they're, they're all better than anyone from the prequels, which was very <laughs> well done. Yep. And I was enjoying this character of Rey, this mysterious... Tatooine, I'm sorry, Jakku Desert Dweller, who, you know, I, I thought she was a really good character up until about the last third when she became an unstoppable superhero machine. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I understand the need for an empowered, you know, exciting woman character. And I don't even think the fact that she's a woman has anything to do with it. It's just, it's just insulting. It was just insulting how... <laughs> incredibly powerful she gets and how quickly with no training and you know uh, are you guys familiar with the 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 trope the mary sue uh, i've heard this thrown about her about ray a lot recently yeah she's a total mary sue it's like jj sat down at his typewriter because i imagine him being the kind of douchebag who writes on a typewriter <laughs> and sits on good oh my god this character ray's gonna be so cool she's gonna show han solo how to fly the falcon and then she's gonna she's gonna use her Jedi mind tricks just by magic because no one's gonna tell her how they work. And yeah, it's just it's just too much, you know. Tone it down about fifty percent; it would have been just fine. But uh, well, I, I got I've got some rebuttals for that. Oh um, yeah. So I think I mean, is it is it inferred that she's like Luke one that like a Luke's offspring? Well, I think the I think the biggest clue would be the she's sitting in the desert with what appears to be his helmet. And she also had, like, a little doll that was dressed like an X-Wing pilot. So that's a pretty strong clue. And when she touches his lightsaber, that kind of, you know, instigates kind of, like, you know, flashbacks or memories or dreams or the future or whatever it was. Yeah, but I don't think that necessarily means that she has to be related. Right. But she's she's obviously force, what do you call it, force-sensitive or, you know... She... Well, she's, like, more powerful than Yoda. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say that. But like, maybe she was birthed by the midichlorians themselves. <laughs> but you know, in the similar similar way, how Anakin kind of was like, you know, he was force charged without really like he had. He, ha- I mean, I don't want to talk about the prequels in case I vomit. Now but, this is pirates. Yeah, 
but like it, there are people who have the power without actually knowing they have it. it they just think they're you know they're very skilled or they're very fast or whatever or they're very strong but it's actually the force that's been helping them and they just haven't had a chance to unleash it so to speak but like um with ray like i mean she was pretty much a badass she was kicking ass you know she was like there was a bit when Finn was trying to rescue her, and then she just like kicked everyone's ass, and he's like, "Oh, right. okay." And I don't they, need to help they do her. that to show that she knows what she's doing, which is fine. Yeah. Which so is fine. if you put any weapon in her hand, she's going to kick some ass with it, right? And and also the lightsaber fight, which I'm assuming you're referring to, is I I wouldn't call her like you know Darth Maul on acid. I think she 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 was kind of like a terrified girl, kind of like you know trying her best, you know, but. I mean, she wasn't like kicking Kylo Ren's ass. She was just like she, she was barely kicking, surviving. She was kicking his ass physically and mentally. She, her her force powers were so strong. She got right in his head and was like, "Fuck you! I mean, I'm super powerful." And he was like, ah, "I'm a little bitch." And um, <laughs> and also, you got to balance without the with the fact that Kylo Ren's training is also not complete. And also, yeah, but, he is a but bit also, of a little. He was yeah. He's powerful enough to stop a laser bolt in midair. Hold it there while he tortures some people, and then let it go. I mean, the dude knew what he was doing, and and she just overpowers him because she's because she's more powerful. Like, you well, know? you've also got to remember she's like um, she's like Han, uh, sorry, Kylo Ren is you know Han Solo's his dad, right? So you know, only his his mum, you know, uh, Princess Leia, or whatever Leia now, she's not. Uh, a Jedi, right? She's force sensitive. Doesn't matter. Like, he's, can... he's he's a direct descendant of Anakin Skywalker, the Chosen. Yeah, but this isn't he like he's a grandchild, right? It's like he's know, a direct descendant. Well, Ray could um, be too. Yeah, exactly. well, she could be. She yeah. could be, but yeah. Either way, but, I I do agree here that it like I don't mind her being powerful. Like if they developed over the course of three movies that she became really powerful, like Luke does. Luke starts off with nothing. By the end of the first movie, he he's able to use the Force to guide his proton torpedoes, but he's not using Force mind tricks that no one has ever shown him before. Yeah, that's that's and, kind of the problem I had too. So I... yeah, and then there's the the moment with the where uh, Ray is like fending off the the mind delving, and she kind of like when she becomes in command of that situation and seems to be almost delving Ray's or Kylo Ren's head. Oh yeah, she she overpowered him with her mind powers. Yeah, yeah so well, like, he's very un, he's very unsure of himself. I don't think he's like like some kind of he's not a, a well, not a Jedi master or a Sith master or whatever. He's just is like is like a a Sith in training, and in, and he he obviously like put, pushed some buttons in her that triggered something, and then she came back and is like, oh shit. You know, I've like I've started something. You know, if you have to explain a scene with saying, "Oh well," if you think about it, blah blah blah, then it's just it's just a poorly executed scene. You know, uh, if if we have to, you know, make rebuttals and arguments to try to justify what we've no, seen. No, no, I, I think the scene showed fine enough. It was it, she was being like tortured, and then there was it got to a point when she was like she was so overwhelmed, and she was like, you know, she tried to fight back, and when she fought back. Suddenly, like she realized, she realized she had this power that she didn't know she had. So I think it was fine. That scene, you know, the, the scenes when start pretty much starting from when she's captured. Those are the problems I have is her her rapid development of power, which is not a problem. It's just, but I think it's it's a problem with the movie overall. Is that too much happens too fast? Like the big final assault on the Death Star, they <laughs> literally spend. 30 seconds saying, okay, we got to do this, we got to do this, all right, just like last time, let's go. And it's just so fast, and 
and thrown together at the last minute. I mean, people, you know, obviously people said this is a note-for-note remake of the first movie. Mm-hmm. If it, you know, if you sit there and think about it, it really does take you out of the out of the the experience. It, it didn't bother me watching the movie, but um, you know, when you get out of the theater, you kind of think like, yeah, I kind of kind of saw this one already when I was a kid. Well, I just like that it was just cutting through the bullshit. I mean, after three movies of just a hundred percent bullshit. It was. It was just. It was nice to just go. Yeah, we know what we're gonna do. You know, we've done this before, and we've got a guy who's you know is a bad guy turned good, and he's got insider secrets, and we've got him on our side this time, and you know we can just go straight to the heart of it and just you know fuck this shit up, and that's what they did. With the exception of the stuff about Ray, like Sai, because you haven't been, we haven't talked too much. Was there any other things that you noticed that not necessarily hated, but just maybe kind of bugged you about the movie? The next big thing that bugged me was Starkiller Station entirely. Okay. That's that. It just seemed unnecessary. That that thing, like it, it didn't really do anything. It didn't do anything that could not be accomplished by a fleet of generic star destroyers. That they could have, by putting it in there, it draws like a parallel to the first movie. So they're obviously doing a shout out to the first movie, saying. Look, it's the first, it's episode four again, but it's bigger. It's the big as a planet. <laughs> you know, it's 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 again, but cooler. So that's fine. I don't mind them doing that. But then they didn't use it. They just they just fired it. They, you don't even really get to see it doing its thing. It's from the distance. You kind of see this flash of light and stuff very far away explodes. No, you do see the planet that they destroyed. Oh, right. And several planets. And they don't even really explain that. They say it's the Republic, but... You know. No, it's just it's just lazy and sloppy. They were just yes. going too too fast, too much material too quickly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just gets... The whole thing was just overstuffed, and I guess that's just J.J. Abrams' style, is just to keep things moving. And, you know, I mean, it's good. You don't want to get bored, but... Yeah, and, and the circular thing, while it annoyed me, it's not a deal breaker. Like the movie I still I still really enjoyed the movie. I just felt that scene, that whole plot arc in particular, just seemed a bit messy. Really just kind of stood out for me as a messy part of the movie. Well, can, are we still on negative things? Yeah, actually, well, about Starkiller Base, Josh, maybe this might be exactly what you're going to say. I know we've talked about this mm-hmm. with each other, but, you know, with the Starkiller Base... You know, when they were going in to do the attack, they basically said, like, hey, we need to take out this weapon. And then they end up blowing up the whole planet. And I was just thinking, it would have been more interesting if they would have just taken out the gun and then still have that as a threat, like in the future movies or something, you know? That's just me, but... Yeah, that's actually what I thought, too, is when they said, if we do this, it'll cripple the gun. And they specifically say that. Okay, I'm so, not crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, right, they're just going to destroy the cannon in this movie, and it'll be there. This planet will be the enemy stronghold for the rest of the movies. And But no, they, they, they nuked that planet. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. All the living beings, living things, creatures, they're gone forever. Yeah, the, the, the resistance is now on empire level of uh, planet killing. That could have been, just, like, you never know, it could have been in the earlier draft. They might, it might have been like that. And then they're just like, nah, fuck it, let's just blow the whole thing up. <laughs> could have been. Maybe could, there were lots of happened. little Ewok creatures in those trees. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, 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 the resistance is now one for one with the Empire of how many planets have been destroyed. <laughs> it, it's kind of like, the... it's kind of like scratching a scab on your face and then your whole head exploding. <laughs> 
Yes. It's quite a large explosion. Well, here's here's a negative thing I have to say in case anyone else doesn't say it. I'm 38 years old. I grew up with Star Wars my whole life. I hated seeing Han Solo get killed. I don't think there was any benefit right. to the story uh, other than shock value. Um, I mean, he's literally one of the most beloved characters in all of film history. Did anyone really actually want to sit there and watch him get killed? That was no fun. Harrison Ford did. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when he wanted to do it originally back after Empire, I think that made sense. That would have been a good kind of send-off. He was still like, you Instead, know. Instead, they bring him back 30 years later, arguably better than ever because he was the best part of the movie. Yeah. And then, then, then they, they, they kill him, toss his body into an abyss, and then blow up the whole planet. So, <laughs> I, 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 I Well, they really wanted him dead. When you put it that way. Back. It's so disrespectful. And I don't... Uh, I, I think it had to happen. It had to happen. Because th- there's, no, there's nothing else that would have um, spurred, spurred on this trilogy. I if just the, don't if think the purpose was to establish Kylo Ren as, you know, this really detestable character, it didn't work. Cause I don't hate him anymore for that. Because I don't blame that character for killing Han Solo. I, bl- I blame the writers. You know? <laughs> I... So, so what? what would what would have been a good you know eminent you know dark force to go to go forward? It's like oh well we might meet this big guy you know in a couple of movies. In all honesty, there isn't one because the emperor is dead, and at the end of Return of the Jedi, everybody was happy. This movie doesn't didn't need to exist. You know the story was finished. Well, get out then. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we before we go down to the part where the whole fucking Star Wars saga needs to go out and damn. Do it. <laughs> it, it, yeah. I, I mean, they undid thirty years of. You know, you know, like think about how depressing that is. Leia got fat and gross. Like <laughs> last time we saw Leia, she was this hot chick in a bikini, and she destroyed this ugly slug. Now she is the ugly slug. <laughs> you know, and Han Solo's just this pathetic deadbeat dad running around the universe, and like his son hates him and kills him. And Luke is Luke is a pussy in hiding. That's not cool. That's not how it should have ended. Well, you could say Leia is kind of like a parallel to George Lucas. Oh, <laughs> you just blew my mind. Now, this, this is honestly when I first heard about the trilogy, like this new trilogy, and they were bringing back Luke and Leia and everybody. That was my first reaction. Was like, oh, I don't want to see my childhood heroes get old and stupid. Yeah, stab, stabbed on screen. Yeah, I, I would initially, I would have rather them just skip. You know, do do a jump. You don't need to see these people when they're old. Do the next generation. And, and I would argue too that I don't. I know they they felt the need to say like, okay, well, the bad guy and the girl are are their kids. You know, I would have been fine with just new characters with no relation, no ties to the to the original ones because they did it really well. When we talk about positive things, I'll talk about that. But but I think it's a negative to you know if if this universe is supposed to be so big, one of the biggest uh, mistakes George made was making it you know. Like five, there's only like five people in the Star Wars universe, you know, and they're all related. Like Chewbacca and Yoda are friends, and Darth Vader <laughs> built C three PO. That was bullshit. Right. And so now they're making the same mistakes. You know, it's just dumb. It's just stupid. Luke and his family drama fucking up the galaxy. Like I said, before we start getting off on a wild tangent yeah. of negativity, as it's easy to do on a Nintendo podcast, mm. <laughs> let's start talking about maybe some of the stuff that oh, we Oh, wait, like. I'm, not, I'm not done. There's another, there's a negative thing we have to address. And okay. that is, uh, you know, throughout the production of this film, they were all saying, oh, this is going to look so good. We're using practical effects and everything. Why all the shitty, rubbery, cartoon character CGI? <laughs> was that 
it, as soon as you see it, it just takes you right out of the scene. Uh, the the little pirate lady who has the stupid glasses and the leathery lemon skin. <laughs> it, she doesn't look remotely real in any universe. She just oh, there's a cartoon character, the big bad guy, the Emperor Two. He's just a, a you know this. He was really out of place. He he looked like almost unfinished. He was so CG-ish looking. Yeah, and or the um, the character that Simon Pegg plays, uh, the 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 asshole who won't give Ray you know rations. You can tell, okay, here's a guy wearing a costume, and then they animate a big rubbery, fake-looking cartoon head on top of him. Why do they do? Why not just make a puppet? It used to work. It was fine. We like puppets. He was he was partially CG. I didn't even notice. Oh, you didn't notice? I noticed. All right. Huh. I usually notice that kind of thing. The The lemon-headed woman, I did, yeah, I didn't really like her it CG that much. It was yeah. awful. Why not just get a little get a little old lady and paint her yellow? <laughs> Especially because um, there were lots of close-ups with her, with her eyes and her skin, and that was probably not the it's best idea. It's like watching idea. Roger Rabbit. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. again, I, I have a lot of negative things to say. I just had to get that out. Okay. So, like I said, let's start talking about maybe some things that we liked about the movie. Because I think there honestly was a lot to like. Despite, you know, it, we just went on for 20 minutes talking about stuff that we borderline hated. And well, I well, did. Josh well, did. Josh did. <laughs> so, Why did we even invite him on? <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so what 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 kind of stuff did you guys like about the movie? What did you think made it better than maybe prequel stuff, if you want to go there? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Didn't you say you wanted to, like, not go down rabbit holes here? Because that, that's a whole thing we could talk about. But I love rabbits. Yeah. Well, Roger Rabbit. For, for me, for me, Danny, the, the opening scroll, you know, the just that that text you know that very short concise interesting and kind of you know text which makes you want to know more about the story was better than the entire prequel trilogy and i sincerely mean that because like just reading about okay ah because i hadn't been spoiled at all so it was it was so good going in not knowing anything it's like oh, okay that's what this story is going to be about that is awesome that's a fantastic idea shit wow amazing i can't wait for this and i just already I was already um, on eBay selling my prequel DVDs. Um, cause, like, I'm sure you got like, a pretty penny for those. Literally. Uh, two, two cents. <laughs> so, yeah, just from the, like, the very beginning, it was like I was getting goosebumps, you know, and within the first 30 seconds. <laughs> it was amazing. So, how about you, dude? Yeah, as much as I riffed on it there in the previous section, I really, really did love this movie. That's like... Uh... Like, like as you said, it's like the, as soon as it started, and a lot of people have said this, and I thought it was just idiots saying stupid stuff, but it feels so much like a Star Wars movie that I had forgotten what a Star Wars movie felt like until I watched this. Mm-hmm. I agree. I absolutely agree with you guys. Uh, again, from, from the minute the theater gets dark and the logo comes up, and then you see that the Star Wars logo just blaze across the screen with the fanfare. You, if you don't get goosebumps, you're not human. I mean, that was <laughs> that was awesome. And I'm on the edge of my seat for the first 15 or 20 minutes. It was just just so well done. We, we no no trade federation, uh, <laughs> you know, embargo talk bullshit. We get exactly. right down to it. We get this this new character. He's he's cool. He's fun. Uh, he's in trouble, and then. This other guy, you know, in in five minutes we see, you know, we establish Finn's humanity and as, you know, and he's, they're just 
much better characters than anyone in the prequels just in the first five minutes. And their whole escape from the Star Destroyer when he says, I'm going to get you out of here. And that first 15 minutes just had me on the edge of my seat. And it felt like I'm sitting there saying, this is a genuine Star Wars movie. This is exactly how it should go. The pacing was just right. Everything was perfect. And then once it got to the desert planet, I feel like it kind of dragged on a bit. And you could kind of see the, you know, the rest of the, the problems develop. But uh, I don't think it was a fantastic movie. I think... I think it was a wonderful experience. Like, the whole time I was just grinning. I was like, this is so much fun. I'm really enjoying this experience. But I don't think, for me personally, I don't think it's going to have the replay value or, you know, I'm not going to go see it six times or anything. I think it was, it it just, it it did what it was supposed to do where it it made me feel like a kid again. It made me feel like, you know, I'm just back in the theater seeing these movies for the first time. Yeah, same here. Yeah, and I mean, Josh kind of touched on this. And, uh, but yeah, for me, it, the, the characters, the new characters in particular, just seeing kind of their interaction with each other and it was, you know, kind of playful and just, just fun and just different than anything you saw in the prequels because George Lucas didn't allow them to act and yeah. do what they're <laughs> professionals at. Yeah. I thought Finn and Poe were fantastic. Yeah. I liked both of their stories. Like Poe didn't really get much to do, but you liked him. Right. Finn was great. You see the conflict in him. He had a lot of humor. I know some people complained about too much humor. I thought he was just right. I, I liked his uh, his heavy handed attempts at you know trying to sleep with Ray. He's like that line is you got you got a boyfriend, you got a cute boyfriend. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ray is very likable. Mm-hmm. You, you establish right away that she's the sympathetic character. She she you know she's doing the right thing. She could have sold that droid. I didn't care for the droid. I know everyone's like it's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> I will fight you, man. BB-8 <laughs> is like the greatest thing. Why? Because someone I, put an R2D2 head in a soccer ball. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was magic until we saw the movie, and then they rolled out a real puppet, and I'm like, oh my god, it's real. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I think it's a little. For me, it's a little too Disney, but I, I thought it was cool. You can like I, th- I was reading something online. I remember seeing it in the theater too when I saw the movie. But like, you actually get to see him go down the stairs like just that the same way. Him. Yeah, that was, very like, cool. that was cool. And he can keep up with the action too. It's something like R two pre prequels couldn't do. Right <laughs> now, he can fly everywhere. Yeah, apparently he had jets in his legs all. Over. He's got a he's got a rocket pack. Didn't you know that? Yeah. yeah sorry, excuse me. He didn't even he didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Later. There's one there's one scene with BB-8 that someone pointed out to me afterwards I thought was so good. It's when they're on Jakku and they're running away from the the, the bombing run. There's explosions going off everywhere. And, uh, and BB-8 is like, he's in the bottom corner of the screen at all times running with them. And he keeps looking back behind him to, to see all the explosions. And I'm like, that's such a cute touch to have this <laughs> robot doing all this stuff all the time. So. You know, also, you know, Kylo Ren, one thing I liked about him as a, well, I mean, you know, Vader is awesome. Darth Vader is just incredible. He's a cool character. But, I mean, the thing about Darth Vader, the biggest difference between the two is that Darth Vader is a badass and he is basically the perfect Sith Lord, more or less. And then you get to see a little bit more humanity with Kylo Ren. I mean, he's... Well, yeah. yeah, I like that. He's, he's a product of his times. He's a, he's a spazzy, millennial, spoiled brat. <laughs> and I liked it. I liked when he had, like, a temper tantrum. And, and the stormtroopers just walked away. Like, they were, they were afraid for their life around Vader because he choked the life out of you. These guys are just like, oh, let's get out of here. Uh, this is well, happening again. Yeah. Th- things, that, things, that, things that I liked about the, this story in particular was how... There were so many things, I mean, Josh touched on it before and Danny as well, like how 
they were allowed to explore things that you know probably in lot in the fan fiction or in the ex, in the extended universe of which I know nothing, but like you know things like what the stormtroopers get up to, you know the background of the stormtroopers and um, you know the people on the dark side actually going towards the light, you know, people like falling to the light side. I mean, you've never heard that expression in any Star Wars movie before now. Like, you know, Kylo Ren was, he's, he, he considers himself on the dark side, but he's, you know, he's conflicted about and actually might end up being on the light side, you know, and he actually wants to go to the, more yeah. to the dark side, which think, is... You know, it's, it's possible for them to take the character that way and, and try to redeem him like they did with Vader, but he's going to be like, oh, yeah, that whole stabbing my dad thing. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, people say that, you know, like, Darth Vader, can he be really forgiven for what he did? Now, you know, even if you, well, if you consider the prequel stuff even worse, killing kids, right? (laughs) In my mind, it never happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) For me, as a kid, I watched the original trilogy so many times that when I see Darth Vader, I don't even see him as, like, you know, a, a bad dude. I just see that that see, sweet, sad old man that takes his mask off and says, "Tell your sister, you were right." You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I see him because he's totally redeemed in my book. Yeah. So this this little punk kid. I mean, I mean, I can't really see him surviving. I don't know beyond. Well, he might survive the second movie, but <laughs> he's definitely going to be dead by the end of the third one. I think. I just but. wonder how much they actually have. Planned, or if they're just going to make it up as they go, like George. Because right. <laughs> one thing I thought that you know, especially given the somewhat negative reaction to Snoke, is what they they could all we saw was a hologram. They could really make anybody say you know behind that hologram be like that's that's not what I really look like. I'm you know I'm just making a hologram. Did, did any of you guys think he was actually a giant dude? Yes. Yes. Immediately. <laughs> Like, I was like, oh, there. that's terrible. That's yeah. a bad idea. We, and then, and everybody yeah. I talked to thought that too. Yes. I guess I guess hologram I guess hologram technology is like really good now. Well, I don't know. Like, look at look at Empire. Yeah. Was, the Emperor's head was just a big giant floating head. Yeah. In Empire. Yeah, but it looked like a hologram. This this was definitely a bait and switch where they It was like static. Was yeah. In the original trilogy, it's like, you know, static, it's flickering, it's but it blue. was it was like, a hologram, so maybe. Maybe. Yes. Bear with me, guys. Maybe the little lemon character person is really the bad guy. <laughs> and when she, when she broadcasts as Snoke, she just puts on that big, you know, hologram. <laughs> Think about a, it. A mask, yeah. Possible. No, I, I really did like Kylo Ren because, like you said, Darth Vader, he is a, a fully realized badass. He is at the end of his arc. And, you know, setting aside the prequels, again, like, you don't see him on his... Uh, on his rise of uncertainty to this utter badass that he is. So it's cool to see someone who's way out of their depth. Like, he, Kylo Ren is definitely, completely doesn't know what he's doing. And he's being kind of seduced by Snoke. It's, it's kind of like, you know, if you want to be a member of the Crips or the Bloods, you know, they, they say that you have to kill someone from the opposite gang. And it kind of feels like Kylo Ren's in that position. It's like you know, you want to join our gang, you got to kill, you got to kill your dad, man. You got to kill your dad. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh shit, I've a, oh okay, I've got, I guess I can do that. Well, it's kind of. <laughs> I, I like this character too. I thought you know he's he's whiny and everything, but he's he's a flawed character. But he was still interesting and he was still fun to watch, which is the complete opposite of Anakin in the in the prequels. And, you and know, that, that's, that's almost what I feel they're doing. Is like this is a do over. This is what Anakin's arc should have been. Yeah, is 
This one... is how someone gets seduced by the dark side. Yeah, one thing that this movie really confirmed for me is that, like, holy shit, the force is fucked up because. Like, you make, like, one mistake, and you're, like, you're instantly a, psych- a psychopath. It's like, you know, with um, Anakin in uh, episode three, is like, you know, normal dude, next scene, yeah, killing kids. Yeah, but that doesn't count. That, that, doesn't, that was, was horseshit. Yeah, but, but then, but, I, you know, I also think, you know, um, in this one, it's like, you know, Kylo Ren was just, like, you know, happily with his, you know, mum and dad, and then... what What is it that they do? They send him away or something? They send him away for training, and then... And then he just well, goes with Luke, I, they're and then deliberately he... vague on what happened there. That he went off to train with Luke. But... They talk about sending him away or something, right? Yeah. But yeah then... They sent him away for for good reasons, but then then some bad stuff happened. And then they got this, you know, uh, postcard, and it's like, "Hi, mom, having a great time at Jedi Academy." Um, but yeah, I've decided Killed to go a different route. Everyone. Yeah, I've just killed everyone, so <laughs> I, you won't be seeing me for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's like. How fucked up is the, how fucked up is the force? I mean, you know, you'd think that they would be more careful with how they train people. You know, well, Ray, <laughs> Ray doesn't need training. They have an obtuse amount of books, games, spin-off TV shows, and stuff that they're going to use to fill in all of those gaps. And you know, Luke was supposed to be the one that's training him, right? You think he would, of all people, would have learned stuff by now? <laughs> How to stop people turning? You know, I don't know why Luke had his skeletal robot hand because. The technology was there 30 years ago for him to have a very convincing bionic hand. And <laughs> why is he walking around with his, his robot hand out? He wanted to be more like Daddy. Actually, just while we're talking about Luke, just that moment I forgot to talk about was one of the negative parts for me. Is, uh, is just the location, because that, that was filmed was in that, like, like your backyard? It was, it really, it was like, oh my god, this is the Ireland planet. Where it's like, it just... <laughs> It, it looks so much like Ireland, you would not fucking believe. It is Ireland. I know. That's oh, okay. what's the problem. Like, <laughs> well, I guess it's, it's like... It's not uh, like they pick somewhere in Ireland that's a generic-looking place. Well, it's yeah. like in, in Return of the Jedi, when, when Nee Nub, or as we like to call him around my neck of the woods, we call him Old Pussy Lips. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, this is Lando's co-pilot, by the way. If you guys don't, know. oh, okay, okay. And who makes a guest appearance? In... When, oh yeah, <laughs> yes. he's, he's in, yeah. Old Pussy Lips is in the new movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when he's talking his crazy gibberish language, and everyone's like, "That guy's alien language is funny," but I guess that's some—I think it was like a Malaysian dialect or something. Oh, so, really? Or no, no, it was it's like in, African, somewhere in Africa. Yeah. So when they saw, well, I don't know if Africans see movies. But <laughs> when they saw that movie, they're like, "Hey, that guy's not a." Space alien with pussy lips. He's just one of us. <laughs> so that's. I guess that's what I'm saying is how you felt about it, Ireland. It really, it really was. Even when they first showed one rock, I'm like, oh god, that's an Irish rock. Like, <laughs> yeah. it because it has that particular Atlantic coast limestone. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Cyrus. I mean, it looks like somewhere in, in the UK as well. I mean, it's like, yeah. yeah, I'm from the Midwest. There are no, there's no ocean. There's no sea <laughs> rocks. So, yeah, I can I kept on uh, thinking I was going to see like a tourist with a camera around the next corner when really? Ray was climbing I, I up the steps. I that, that last scene and I said, oh, come on. They're overdoing it with the CGI with this fake alien planet. I mean, this, <laughs> is, this looks ridiculous. It's like a cartoon. And also, what was the hell, what was up with Luke's, you know, intense stare? Like, what are you doing here? You know, get out. I'm going to kill you. Kind of what year is it? it? Who's the president? <laughs> yeah. I thought I it was, like was a kid on that desert planet. What are you bothering me for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a dick move if he is her dad. It's, she looked really kind of scared <laughs> to see him. 
I mean, he, lo- he looked old, but he also looked like he'd been through some serious shit. Oh, I, I'm going to buy a Luke figure, an old man Luke figure, definitely. <laughs> it's going to my collection. So, yeah, so next movie, episode eight, she, uh, he's going to train her, I guess? I'm hoping they skip that. Yeah. I'm hoping they just, like, open, like, Empire Strikes Back. It's a few years afterwards. It's, it's you kids with your impatience that is why we have to have stupid things like Ray being super powerful. It's like, I don't want to watch the, the work. Well, not even it's that I don't want to watch it. It's just, I, I want to have a nice, like, for the exact opposite reason, I, I don't want to have the story arc happen really quickly. Let's compromise. How about a, a montage? With yeah, if, if they music. put in, like... <laughs> You gotta have my montage. My desire. Simply the best. Yeah. I'm all about that. But, you know, um, Josh, I think that, you know, the how Luke was trained so slowly over the original trilogy, it was also kind of like, it's too much in the other direction. I mean, it's like the first one, you know, he can, he can barely do anything. Second one, he, you know, it takes him a whole movie to lift a rock. And then in the third movie, he's like, he's, he walks into Jabba's palace like some kind of, badass i'm gonna like you know tear shit up yeah, what does like he do he gets he gets he gets slides down a slide barely kills a monster by throwing a rock yeah, you know almost rock. <laughs> almost dies you know trying to save han and then barely gets out you know like you know just some kind of lucky dude at the end he's, he's not he's nowhere near like some kind of badass by that time and it was and it was like oh come on just get a move on and then he he couldn't even kill the emperor at the end you know well, it, rely it, on his dad it worked a lot for me but i was five at the time so yeah. <laughs> i also love the ewoks what can i say so not, not much anymore yeah, let's let's not kid ourselves. Episode six wasn't that good. <laughs> well, if we're, we're talking about previous experience with Star Wars, and I guess I'll go back back there. I'm the oldest. I saw Star Wars on VHS, and it was one of those things where, you know, as a little kid in the early '80s, it was everywhere, and I finally got to see it and see what the hype was, and I was like, oh, I love it, and I wanted all the figures. I got to see Empire in the theater. Uh, they re-released it shortly before Jedi came out. And my dad took me. And that scarred me, man. Seeing Han Solo get trapped in a big piece of frozen metal and Luke Skywalker gets his hand cut off. I was like five. I was like, why Why is bad shit happening to good people? It was, you know, it was pretty intense. And then I'm, I'm really happy to say uh, my dad took me and my brother out of, we got, to, we got to skip preschool and kindergarten that day. And he took us to Return of the Jedi on opening day. And that was awesome. Your dad is way too cool for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I distinctly remember going in and seeing it, and I was I was so young, I, I didn't even know how to read. And, uh, you know, I couldn't read the subtitles when Jabba was talking, so that's how young I was. So for me, the Ewoks were just cool as shit. I was like, they're so amazing. So I thought the Ewoks were, like, cute and fun, like you think BB-8 is cute and fun. <laughs> so, um... Before, I don't think we've got time to do a whole full Star Wars history. Right. So should we, should we just do, like, in Japan Yeah, history? let's talk about that. Actually, James, you've seen Star Wars in Japan before this one, too, right? Um, actually, when does when does Star Wars Episode Two come out? Does anyone remember? 2002. 2002. Okay, so I was still in the UK at that time. So, yeah, um, I saw Revenge of the Sith in Japan with my then-girlfriend, now-wife. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, I was almost embarrassed because, <laughs> because, um, I, I, no, 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 I was embarrassed okay. uh, let me, because, um, 
I think I remember her cringing during like the birth scene where the robot kind of goes like baby 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 and like I remember like just I was like you know just humiliated watching that scene anyway but I remember looking over to my you know my girlfriend at the time and she, and she was kind of like kind of like frowning like what is this that I'm watching and I'm I'm just kind of like yeah it is yeah oh, oh. should we just go yeah I and, I also saw Revenge of the Sith in Japan, and my girlfriend at the time, uh, not my wife, in fact, she married someone else. Uh, my girlfriend my, at the time. My alternative history. Refused, my my alternate time. She was smart. She didn't even she didn't even go. So I went and saw it by myself. And the, the most memorable thing for me was that, well, first of all, we had to wait how many months, because it came out in, in America in May, and it didn't come out in Japan until July. I didn't care about that. And um, <laughs> the, the thing I remember most is, even though I saw it in English, the opening crawl was all in Japanese. And just yeah. like just like Force Awakens, when I saw Force Awakens last week, the crowd is like super quiet. There was no cheering, no clapping, no mm-hmm. laughing. Well, there's nothing funny in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> well, other than how <laughs> shitty it was. But like even even last week in Force Awakens, you know, there was some funny stuff, and I'm laughing, and you no, know, everyone else just has this stone look on their face. I mean, it's one of the nice things about seeing movies in Japan is you don't have, you don't have some dickhead on a cell phone and all that. So. Hmm. All right. I thought, I thought you were going to go the opposite way. I thought you want more noise. Cause, no, I, cause I, I was reading comments about people in America who watching the force awakens, like, you know, when Luke steps out onto the, the gangway, you know, up to meet Kylo Ren, people are saying, don't do it, man. You know, things like that. Yeah, I don't. That, yeah. That, that, that would annoy me. That's stupid. <laughs> and even even positive stuff like cheering and wooing. I mean, do you really want these people making so much noise you can't hear the dialogue? Yeah. Oh, and fi- and right after that moment, then someone's saying like, fuck him up, Chewie. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. Shoot his, his ass. Shoot his ass. Shoot his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Spoiled me. You know. Yeah. Not only is it nice and quiet in the theater, and you can hear all the dialogue. I also don't worry about someone coming in and shooting me during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true enough. Yeah. That's true. Right. So yeah, yeah. So this is my second yeah Star Wars movie in Japan. This is my first one. I've seen a bunch of movies here, obviously, but I, this is my first Star Wars, and uh, it's. At, well, the total silence is nice for a lot of the movie, but I, there's a times where like I was laughing at things and I almost felt embarrassed because I'm like, <laughs> it's like, oh man, I'm making noise. Sorry guys, I'm the foreigner here. Just you know, let it let it slide. And it's like I kind of wish there was some reaction from the crowd at parts, but not like the overreactions, like you know, yeah, like people people's shouting and hollering at the screen and advice and stuff. No, that's stupid. But like, you know, don't don't be dead. Be, be alive. Oh, Danny, that reminds us, when me and you went to see the first Avengers movie, yeah. it was kind of like that. Me and you were, like, laughing our faces off at, like, what Iron Man was saying. Yeah, yeah. And we're, like, literally the only two guys yeah. laughing. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like being the only guy laughing in the theater because it makes me feel intellectually superior to everyone. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, the crazy guy. You guys yeah. are just reading it, the shitty subtitles with, with no nuance. I, I get the joke. Like, like when Finn said, well... He said something to BB-8, which I thought was a little uncharacteristic, but of Star Wars. What did he say? He said, "Droid, please." Did he really? Yes, he did. No. <laughs> wow, I didn't notice that. Are at you all. kidding? Was this something you maybe like when when BB-8's gonna reveal that he's not a Resistance member, and he, you know, it's a comical scene, and, and he's like saying, "Don't tell her," and he goes, "Droid, please," and it was it was funny. Oh, I, oh, in that kind of way, I think you're gonna like. 
a different kind of <laughs> no he's t- he said well you know i haven't gone back and seen it a second time but when you do look for droid please like, no i don't i think you're using the wrong intonation i don't think it was that no. I, think yeah, it was, I, I, think I think it was just droid space please not droid please yeah i think th- this is some sort of fever dream you're having he, he yeah, came out so. you know he came out as, a, as in the in the urban it came out in the urban way <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's the beautiful thing go, about the English language. You guys are going to see it again, so you guys can look for that. Yeah. Um, one other kind of interesting bit of information about the movie here in Japan that Cyrus brought to my attention. Um, actually, Cy, why don't you just go ahead and take this away? Okay, cool. So it launched this weekend, as you may know. And uh, so in Japan, when they measure film uh, attendance... They, they measure by ticket sales, not by how much money it makes, but by how many individual tickets are actually sold. And despite... So, ticket this, count. Ticket like. count, yes. That yeah. would make more sense. So, uh, Star Wars was not the number one movie in Japan this week on its launch day, despite its crazy record-breaking sales all around the world elsewhere. So, it came into number two, and number one was Yokai Watch, the movie two. King Enma and the five stories, Nyan. <laughs> Nyan. <laughs> yeah, but it made more money because more adults went to see right. yeah. so Star that Wars. Was, that was the catch. That Because Yogi Watch is a kid's movie, It uh, the tickets cost a lot less than Star Wars tickets. Well, a little bit less. A little bit, yeah. You know, <laughs> a child ticket versus an adult ticket. And it's also cheaper to take all of your kids rather than you know to like leave one of them at home so it's like just take the whole family so that would like oh, even, right. even people are not interested in it they were like oh just bring little kago along he can just he can just fall asleep during it it's fine you know he'll play his ds yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly play okay watch yeah so, and that yeah, that, so... that leads that leads straight into more bullshit news which we just i just found out an hour before recording this uh, extra segment is that episode eight um, will be delayed by a month in Japan, oh. and more more of than that, uh, the Rogue One, the uh, is it called Rogue One colon Star Wars story? Star Wars story. A yeah. Star Wars story. Um, yeah, is also just over a month um, uh. delay as well. So well, hopefully Han Solo won't die in those. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't seen Lando. He's dead too. Yeah. Wow. So Rogue, Rogue One is the one between three and four when they're trying to get the Death Star plans. Right. Yeah. Okay, so it's set in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Exactly. And that, that, that's disappointing, but you guys in the West listening to the show, you don't have to probably worry about that. <laughs> so, point so Danny, are you, are you planning on a flying, flying home run about that? Time? I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> I usually do fly home or do something at Christmas, so yeah, that's there's a good chance bullshit. I may see Star Wars in another country. But it's July, it's July, dude, it's July. But for Rogue One, is Christmas, and then Episode 8 is July. Episode 8, I think it's May. Is May. It? No, isn't it? It's May, right? May. Yeah, it's May. Oh, yeah, yeah, July, Japan, May, everywhere else. Yeah, it's two months later. It sucks. Okay. That's so, uh, because it's weird because episode seven, like we've said, you know, was the worldwide premiere everywhere. So it just doesn't make any sense. It might be fin- finance stuff, financial stuff. They might think we might not be bringing, or bringing in enough money to justify doing a translation simultaneously. You know what I mean? Or whatever stuff like that. Well, it's maybe, called maybe bullshit. They just don't have as, as much pre-production time. You know, I mean, as far as I know, they haven't even shot the movie yet. I thought they started shooting recently, but just this week. Okay, but for episode eight, yes, yeah. I'm assuming Rogue One is more along than that. <laughs> Should be, it better be. Yeah, yeah. But all right, well, this podcast has already went on insanely long, 
So I think I think we should just go ahead and end it here. I hope you guys out there <laughs> really enjoyed the Star Wars talk and you know the rest of the show. Um, you know about episode seven, seven. Let us know your thoughts. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, hit us up in the feedback below. Email whatever you want. Um, you can yell at us. You can curse at us. You can praise us. Oh, also, also, Danny, something I forgot to mention in the the last bit of the main podcast was that people should also send us their top uh, ten lists as well using ah. their you know their Wii U. Uh, activity log yeah the play count um, yeah do that and send us those as well that'd be cool and we'll probably read them out uh, next year yeah yeah so get on that so as always uh cyrus and james thanks for joining me as always and uh josh thanks for coming back man well thank you so much for having me back i really i always enjoyed doing this and uh you know i've had this segment about life in japan ready to go for the last like six months or so whenever you're ready if, if your listeners like it, they're like, hey, who's that fat asshole who ruins everything? Then, <laughs> then uh, you know, forget it. But if people want, you know, if people want to hear it, I would be glad to uh, do another one because I've got, I think it's really exciting. Cool. Are you, are you going to tease what it is? Or? No, no, I'm going to leave it vague, like, like, like Supreme well, Commander <laughs> Snoke. What is he? What's he talking about? I don't know. I sure want to find out. He's the little, well, he, he's little You're definitely going to get abusive emails now then. Yes. Ma- mainly from me. <laughs> cool alright well that's going to do it so you guys have a good holiday season and all that stuff and we'll catch you next year may the force be with you question oh, mark god someone did it I was like is anyone going to is, is someone going to do that alright I'll, I'll give the iconic line from Star Wars wizard <laughs> peace no we're out we're out that's <laughs> how you end a movie now this is pod racing <laughs>